2: It is seven minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning, and a very special first half of the early in the morning program begins right now. I'm trying to think. We we did six o'clock hour interviews with the late great Adam West, several other people that um, we've done it, but all, we almost never do interviews in the six o'clock hour. Not only are we doing a an interview in the six o'clock hour. We're doing a two-hour interview. So this is not a column that is – or a news report that's limited to 400 or 500 words. Although I will tell you, we have about an 1,125 word. I, I I, think it's one of the most definitive pieces ever written about Stockton University President Dr. Harvey Kesselman. And check it out on the app or at wpgtalkradio.com, and you decide for yourself – But this gives us an opportunity over the next two hours to really delve into so many areas that typically you would be constrained by either space or time. And what a, what a, um, what a moment in history, too, because the fifth president in Stockton University history made news exactly 13 hours and eight minutes ago when he announced that he would be retiring, leaving his position as president of Stockton University. Dr. Kesselman, welcome to Hurley in the Morning.
3: Well, I'm pleased to be here, Harry. And, well, thank you for, you know, all the kind words and support that you've provided to me um during my presidency which is not over yet okay. <laughs> you, we're going to we're going to finish out the year and and you know it'll be eight years as president and you know that and five years before that as the provost and executive vice president and then you know another 30 years of administrative work that you depreciated that, that um it's been an incredible thrill. Just let, I can explain sort of context, which I think is helpful. Uh, my contract states that a year prior to my current contract expires June 30th. 2023, but I'm required by my contract a uh, year before, which is this July. And actually, it was yesterday, as you said. I am to notify the board of my intentions: do I want an extended extended presidency, or do I, uh, you know, want to step away from the presidency? So that's why it was done now. Um, and and I decided after, you know, obviously consulting, you know, with Lynn, of course, and 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 our children to say, you know, is it time? I turned to 71 in June, uh, even though. 70s is the new 60s <laughs> 60s but, but it doesn't you know i don't know whether you can say that at 73 74 75 it's it's nice to say it at 71 um and i think that it's uh it's you know it's been a great run we just finished our 50th we had a literally a, a perfect middle states evaluation which is a clean slate uh, yeah slate for the next 10 years for the university we we just were named literally this year to national university status um phase 2 it's on time. Uh, it's within budget. Uh, we're going to have uh, you're at the Moody's, Fitch, all the rating agencies have upgraded us uh... we have the sports center expansion underway will be underway the multicultural center will be completed and i could go on and on Um many good things are happening sometimes you know when the time is right i, I, I always joked with people i you know I, I think george washington got it right eight years <laughs> eight years about the right number of years uh... for a presidency and given my voice has been you know uh... you know an important voice we will say that at Stockton over the last, you know, 50 years, uh, it's time, it's time to hear maybe a new voice. And, and you know, when it's time to retire, um, when it, it, you know, when it, doesn't crush you to do so, and 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 I, you know, I I love Stockton. There's no unabashedly love the university, and you know I've grown up here, and it's been so so good to me. And it's time now uh, to turn it over in a great shape. One of the things I said when I became president was. W- I wanted to be the first president at Stockton to actually hand the baton to the next one in the traditional, correct way that you know major universities do it. I didn't want to go out um, in, 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 a, in an unpopular way, so to speak. I wanted to go out where the institution, I can hand it, and I can say to the next one that, look, I took the baton and we moved forward, we moved up, now it's your turn. And we're going to be able to do that, which is which is really important.
2: We are visiting with... Stockton University President Dr. Harvey Kesselman, and we're going to cover a lot of ground between now and halftime. John Zarek will be by in the 8 o'clock hour and then some well-earned, wide-open forum for the final hour and six minutes of today's program. I'm chomping at the bit to ask you a few questions, such as, did you know a year ago, even two years ago, that this might be or this likely would be? Your last contract that you would you would work through the current contract. And then as you say, at eight years uh, and I I agree with the um, the general president Washington comment, he set a tone that really until Roosevelt, I mean, that became just what everybody did. If they were fortunate enough to get a second term, they would leave at that point, even though many times they would have been able. The Constitution allowed them to run again. And most oftentimes they would have won again. Uh, many examples of two-term presidents who would have won a third term. So it did set the tone like that. Is this something that you knew well in advance or did it sneak up at the point in time where by the calendar you had to make the call whether you would want another contract if the the board was so inclined, and I, I believe they would have been, uh, the board of trustees. What what are, what are your thoughts relative to that? Is this something you knew, or did it? Is it something you just considered in the run up to the one year deadline?
3: No. I, I'm, it, it was def, it's definitely something I've been thinking about for quite some time. And yeah, let me be very clear. The board the board was um, incredibly... I have an incredibly supportive board. I asked them yesterday for 10 more years. Right? They, I'm reasonably sure. No, I'm very assured that that would have happened. No, I really was thinking about the 50th. Um, you know, that, you talk about a half century I've been here. I mean, I, told, I, remember I was in the first class. I know you know that, but maybe some of your listeners do not. But I was in the very first class as a student. I have been Here, the entire life of the institution, and as a result, you know, and I always I wanted to get us through middle states. That's really important because you can't you can't turn that over to a new president. So I wanted to get us through middle states. I wanted to get us through the 50th, and I wanted us to be fiscally. We just got the largest appropriation increase in the history of the university. We had our you know among even in this year among our best fundraising year. I, I wanted to end on, and it's not over. And I want to say I wanted to announce okay on a very high note, um, so that we can, when we do have the national search, which will launch in September, and it will be a nationwide search, that we will attract really an incredibly talented pool of people because it's an attractive institution. You know, we're we're on the up, and it's an attractive institution for a potential president. And so, yes, I, you know, I've been thinking about it. When I, if you recall, when I was going to go, University of Southern Maine, I asked for a six-year contract there, which would have concluded this year you know, twenty, twenty one, twenty two, 22. Um, and I, I last, a year ago, two years ago, when I, I got my three-year contract, you know, they asked me to extend it to this year, uh, at least. And, um, and so I did that, but I wanted to get through this. So it was not, certainly I, no, the decision, I made this decision a while ago, that this would be my last year. If other things fell in place, if we had had a week accreditation visit, I would have stayed, to you know, fix that. I knew we wouldn't, but if we did, if we had had, you know financial problems. I would have done everything I could to say to fix it, but it's in good shape, and that's that's the way you want to turn it over. and And now my goal was to have it in good shape by this year, and I think I think we've done that.
2: Think about this during the break. I'm sure you already have, and we'll come right back in just a little bit. How much? I mean, in a way, this you won't know until it happens. But you're a, a, a very um, bright thinker, and I'm sure you've pondered this. How much? Will you miss not being at Stockton University? And I know that you will have a title. You will be president emeritus and you'll be a professor. uh, uh, And we have that outlined in our piece. But but you know what I mean by this. I mean it broadly. I mean it uh, at the level where you are now. How much do you think you will miss it? Although I do. I was very sad when I learned about it because I'm going to miss working with you at the level that we work, but you're not going anywhere, I'm not going anywhere, so we'll we'll still have that. But I'm curious, and I think our listeners would like to hear, uh, whenever someone makes a decision to leave something that they love, but I'm also a believer, now you're a very healthy man, but you look at these cohort things, survival grids and such, and you do wanna have, you work your whole life, you do wanna have a period of time while you're healthy, and to be able to do things that you can't do. So in in another sense, if not now, when? Uh, but how much do you think you'll miss it when we come back? Dr. Harvey Kesselman, president of Stockton University, if you're just joining the program, we were very fortunate. We got to break this story yesterday at about 440-ish p.m., maybe a couple of clicks even before that. Uh, the news that Dr. Kesselman would be leaving roughly a year slightly under well no actually just over a year from now uh, June 30th of next year we'll be back in just a few minutes don't go away
0: Fox News commentary
4: A UCLA professor quits his job and blasts the woke takeover of education on his way out I'm Tommy Laren more next It's one of the top 5K events in America today, held on the last Sunday in September. The Tunnel to Towers 5K Run and Walk New York City event. That signature event has inspired about 80 other runs, walks, and climbs across our nation. Proceeds from events, including dozens of golf outings and barbecues, support the foundation's programs. Register for an event in your area. Volunteer to start one and join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org system from preschool to PhD is largely leftist, liberal, and woke, but now things are getting so bad even some professors are calling it quits. At least that's the case for UCLA anthropology professor Joseph H. Manson, who announced his retirement in a blog post along with a scathing review of the current state of academics. In the post he said, the woke takeover of education has ruined academic life. Manson said starting the late 2000s, things on campus began to shift when the leftist faculty members and students became militant with their approach. Those professors who don't go along with the woke ideology are ostracized, humiliated, or even fired. But sadly, none of his commentary is surprising. A YouGov poll published earlier this summer shows nearly half of Americans feel attending college makes people more liberal. Let's just hope the system corrects itself before we lose more good professors to the claws of cancel culture and wokeism. I'm Tommy Lahren, and you can listen to all of my hot takes at foxnewscommentary.com.
0: WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
2: Thank you. Welcome back. 23 minutes past the hour, early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio. 95.5, 95.5, number one in South Jersey, all because of you, and we know it, and we thank you for that uh, so very much. We are visiting with Dr. Harvey Kesselman. If you haven't heard the news, Dr. Kesselman announced yesterday, uh, right before dinnertime hour, uh, that he would be leaving Stockton University one year and a few days from now, and we're both regaling and we're talking about uh, past, present, and future even with Dr. Kesselman between now and 8 o'clock this morning. So I tease right before the break, Dr. Kesselman, how much do you believe you will miss it? It's, it's kind of hard to answer that when you still are in it and you've got a full year plus, And I know you're going to do a whole lot during that time. But how much do you think you'll miss it?
3: Well, uh- I am going to remain connected to it. There's no question about that. Whether it's in a teaching function, I have a feeling that the board, and it's really dependent upon the the next president, obviously, Um, but I will miss it, yet you wouldn't believe the number of current retirees, who I still have really close relationships with, they are, they're writing me, let's go play pickleball, I mean, they've already filled up my calendar the moment I step off the campus, so, and, and they're all Stockton folks, so I don't know how distant I'll be, I'm, I'm not leaving the area, now if I were moving to you know, uh, I'm here, I'm going to be close to the area, uh, my office will be at the Atlantic City campus, which which I is definitely what I want, um, so I will still be in, in, the, in, in the vicinity but let me let me talk about the job. The job. The presidency today is even different than it was ten years ago. Um, it is much more complex. We're much more complex organizations. I'm, you know, our budget is a two hundred and fifty million dollar budget. You know, we have incredible number of stakeholders, um, people that everything. And social media has added three to four hours a day onto a president's position because you're always responding to social media, uh, and that was not even a factor years ago. The average president in a college or university presence in the position five years or less now in the United States. I've already you know passed that. Um, it's it's a pretty demanding job because uh, in a business world, if if the bottom line, uh, if you're making money and like you've you've got very clear goals, Our, we have. Not only do we have the goals of providing a quality education to thousands of New Jersey residents, okay, we also are an economic engine for, for the region, and there's a social responsibility associated with that as, a, as an anchor institution that we, um, we provide, uh, you know, programming, you know, cultural events. It's it's a twenty. It really is. In fact, my contract actually says this, and it's not different than others. It's a twenty-four-seven job. You have that kind of work ethic. Uh, I, I know that because when you and I converse at four in the morning, something. I have that kind of work effort uh, uh, ethic, but. Over time, and we're not talking about like over the amount of years you have, it begins to it begins to wear on you, and and you lose your. I don't. I love. I, I love my job. I still have drive. I still have passion. Uh, but but remember, it's different. I have different. I have a whole different employee base. It's a it's a different generation of employees, and so and I want to make sure the way I connected with. The employees I grew up with, so to speak, are very different than the employees of today, and I want to make sure they have a leader, because I have an obligation. The great thing about being university president, you you know that you are... In, in the most part, because they rarely close and the, unless they're completely mismanaged. Okay, you know you're part of something that will be here forever. And I said that when I became the when I was first talking about being an anchor institution, when people asked me well, where was, you know, what, what will what will Atlantic City look like in 400 years? I said, there'll be two things here that I know. The ocean and the Spartan. Because once you're there, okay, that's the only two things I know will be here 400 years. Because once you're here, and think about Yale Harvard, which started, six, you know, in 16 and things like that and so you know you're part of that, and so there is that's an extra responsibility that you have on your shoulders when you are a president, and that kind of over time you want to make sure you can handle that weight not just for your generation but for the next generation and that's part of the reason why yes i'll miss you know I'm, i'll miss talking to you. I'll miss all the different people that I interact with on a regular basis, but I won't I won't miss the presidency um, because I, I, I truly believe it's time for a new president. If I didn't believe that, I would stay on. There's no question about that. And so I am at peace with that.
2: It's a good, good answer. It's a really, really good answer. Very intellectually honest answer. A couple of minutes before the bottom of the hour break, how did the COVID-19 pandemic, we'll say... During and as things went from pandemic to endemic, what impact has that had on the educational delivery system? I would imagine dramatic.
3: The most dramatic. I, you know, it was a true game changer for education and not a good one. And and it's changed students, it has changed the workforce. Um it, it i the most depressing days of my life at Stockton were when i it was only about four or five of I never left the ship. I never closed the campus, and I know you know that, and I stayed with it the whole time But I would come in every day to a you know virtually an empty campus. We did have two or three hundred students who um you know who didn't have really other a, a really good place to live, so we kept it open for them. We housed the uh, the doctors and nurses at Atlanticare uh, who had to deal at the beginning of it when no one knew how you know, how fatal this could be and they were, and they were worried about going back to their families after treating with people, so we, we housed them on the campus, so we stayed open, but it was one of the most depressing. Points, points of coming into an empty campus. One of the great things about being a president, or really working on a college or university campus, and I think it does keep you young, is that that you're with young people, by and large. And so you, you stay younger, if that makes any sense. But when it's empty, okay, it's, it's almost... Tragic, you know, and as a result, and then now it's, it's affected people's mental health. I'm not kidding you. I mean, our students are coming in; they've, they've they're worried. They've missed, you know, two years of their education. Uh, they don't know whether they can keep pace. The faculty, it, it's a double the workload for the faculty because they're not as I don't want to say this, but they're not coming in with the kind of base that they would if they had been in classes for the two years, not just, not just academic base, but the social skills uh, that you learn and interact in high school. I mean, these people, a lot of our students will have had two years online, okay? That's, in, that's, that's brutal. And Stockton is not an online campus. I mean, we have online programs. We're a residential campus. For goodness sake, look where we've built and how much money we spend on those kinds of things. So it's, it's a game-changer. Now, out of it, some things will, will be better. Uh, we're about ready to develop a, an online, which we would, would have never done before, an online liberal BA for folks who have gone to college, never finished because life does that to them, and there's hundreds of thousands of them out there that they can now we'll have like an amnesty program for them. That just come in, okay, you, you finish where you were, uh, we'll do it in a liberal B.A., not in a, not, meaning, not liberal, (laughs) politically liberal. I mean, just like a, 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 um, liberal arts and sciences B.A. online at your convenience to finish your degrees. That's something we wouldn't even thought about because we, we didn't have the technological infrastructure to deliver that kind of a program. Now we do. So there are some things, um, and, and students now we have choice whether they want to zoom in, you know, if they want to go to academic advising, but they don't want to leave their dorm, they could go by zoom or they could go at, you know, in person, so we have more options as a result. But what it did to the psyche of, of young people, um, who th- they've gotten, you know, more pessimistic about the future. Uh, and I I don't blame them for going through this. And we have to get that, you know, hunger back, that drive back. I mean, the reason you, you're supposed to go to college if you have you're know, fortunate enough to do so is to hopefully advance yourself. And if you don't believe that's going to happen, and I'm not saying that's the case with every every young person, but they they're questioning that now.
2: Yeah, I think that's a very good point. Very fair point. We're going to be right back uh with Dr. Harvey Kesselman. When we come back, Stockton University today is almost ten thousand students. I want to give the president, Dr. Harvey Kesselman, the opportunity to talk about that, uh, the scale of it, th- how incredible the growth has been over the many decades uh, and think about a half century ago uh, where Stockton then stocked at what Stockton State College was the first name, perhaps, and all these other iterations until uh, this full bird Stockton University status. So quite extraordinary. Uh, we'll talk about that when we come back in just a few minutes.
1: This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network.
2: At 32 minutes past the hour, it's Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app or the website. Leading the uh, the website and the app is Dr. Harvey Kesselman announcing his departure date from Stockton University. I've written a piece this morning that I was pleasantly surprised how well New Jersey fares nationwide regarding people not resigning their current jobs it's it's a good piece
5: and the land city mayor presented the vice president with a gift From the Townsville, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Feeling those summer vibes today? A heat advisory continues for inland areas until this evening. Sun and clouds, chance of a stray thunderstorm, high of 97. Factor in the high humidity, the heat index, over 100 today. you got to take care of yourself out there. Partly cloudy and muggy tonight, low 74. Mostly sunny and slightly less humid tomorrow, high of 94 degrees. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile
4: app today. King cancer is the most.
0: Hurley in the morning. WPG Talk Radio, ninety-five point five FM and fourteen fifty AM.
5: Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at six. Now back to Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio, ninety-five point five FM, fourteen fifty AM, South Jersey's Talk Station.
2: Thank you, great one. Thirty-seven minutes past the hour with the president of Stockton University, my good friend Dr. Harvey Kesselman hours after making his um his plans known public to the whole Stockton community first and then of course to uh the whole region and beyond and it does it does open up one of the most coveted positions in America I think that a lot of times when it's happening right here under our nose we, we it's our normal we look at it one way but uh I I know The declination rate at Stockton, uh, how they attract all over the country, and and why wouldn't that be the same for who the leader will be? So I wasn't surprised at all uh, to hear Dr. Kesselman say that this will be a nationwide search and all of the things that he covered. If you've missed any of it, it'll be on the podcast, which you can download uh, right after we sign off. That will be uploaded and you go right to the app. And then click on the podcast, and then you'll be able to have this uh, anytime you want to listen to it on demand. So, Dr. Kesselman, I mentioned right before the break, Stockton University, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, my understanding is that it's almost 10,000 students. Talk about the growth over the years.
3: Well, (laughs) it's been... Extraordinary. Uh, We're one of the fastest growing uh, institutions, like us. Okay, certainly in New Jersey. uh, You know, the the key, the the largest growers were uh, are Montclair, Rowan, and Stockton, Um, and. And we're multi-campus now, which is which is very very difficult. When I think about it, we we opened up with a thousand students in what was then the Mayflower Hotel, and fifty or sixty employees. um, And and we've grown to what you're saying, and twelve hundred employees. uh, That's that's full time employees, another six hundred, you know, between adjuncts and part time employees. So almost two thousand employees. So when you go, when you begin to understand that kind of growth, and from like I said, basically a condemned hotel on the boardwalk in Atlantic City at St. James in Tennessee to one of the most gorgeous campuses. The Galloway campus and the Atlantic City campuses are absolutely gorgeous. Um, and are, you know the more remote locations, like in Manahawken and in Hamilton and in Woodbine, the, the facilities is only like a building or a building, are Beautifully kept, just like just like you know the main campus, and um,
2: just like you did with the Carnegie Center, what some know as the Carnegie Library, it was immaculate.
3: Absolutely, and as are the other ones. Yes, but to see each and every building go up. And, and you know we talk about the Atlantic City project, but at the same time that Atlantic City project was happening, we were also building the second science building and the health sciences building at the quad. They opened up about three months, only three months before AC opened up. So we we I I haven't been there when there wasn't construction going on. I mean it's constant construction. You know you ask you're you're not trained. There's no. President's school that you go to. You have to, you know, you work your way up to an organization. It's very rare, by the way. In fact, I may be, and there had been one study uh, that taken, and they had went all the way back to the 1800s. I may be the only president that actually was in the first class, okay, of the university. Well, the- let,
2: let's do that. I want to tell you, let's go side, sideways for a second, and we'll come back to where we were there. You were a member of the first class, 1971. You've been there every second of Stockton's existence, and you were the only alumnus to ever be president of Stockton. How does that how does that make
3: you feel? It's still. I have to pinch myself. I mean, imagine when you when you start anything. Okay, let's say you start at the bottom of a company. You don't have. It's not even that. It's not even in your head. You're not even thinking about being the president. And ironically, okay, what got me thinking over time, each and every president, for whatever reason. From starting with Dick Bjork you know dear Dick and I I was a student leader he picked me as a student leader because we were just founding and so I I was always trained by presidents and that's important I mean if I did not have that guidance that you know he Dick saw me as a student Peter was the Peter Mitchell was the one to hire me full-time first. I, I had been working part-time uh, because I was in the education, K-12 education system. I was adjunct against Stockton, uh, working in the UF program. Peter Hype, Then, of course, Vera really she she really was critically important to my career. I was basically her number two um, and herman Herman also was very, very important in my career so i was I was able to get the kind of mentoring and If you ever want to know how important mentoring is i 'm the president of Stockton because I was mentored by presidents. I was mentored by the people. <laughs> Uh, that run uh, run an entity, and I, I. If one of the things I'm, he, we're going to be really, really focused on this year for all of our students, particularly after uh, COVID, is experiential learning. Is to have those kinds of mentorships uh, with with people like you. Okay, so they can, if they want to be in the broadcast industry, how would they, how could they not learn how to be a great, uh, you know, a great broadcaster if they don't learn from people like you? And so one of the things that I'm blessed is for whatever. reason, reason, okay? They, they either felt sorry for me or whatever reason. They said, this guy, I'm going want, want to teach him all I know. And you know, there's two great things about that. What, what you're able to observe, and it's more important to learn what not to do than what to do, because there's a million different ways of get. not a million, but there's many different ways of getting things done. It's not one line gets things done, but there, but, but there are many fatal mistakes that you can make. So what you try to do is learn what not to do. And if you do blow it, own it, if you do make a mistake, own it, correct it, and then change it. Move forward. And you're not married to every decision. A decision that I might have made five years ago, I might have made that very differently now. But it's behind you. So if you go back and try to live in the past, and that's one of the reasons why I was so so adamant about getting us through accreditation perfectly, was if you don't, then you've got to go back backwards. I never believed you could advance by going backwards. I just didn't. And so, so it's important that, but it was the mentoring I had, uh, or I would have never, never been there. And I, it wasn't until probably Vera that I really began thinking, because I loved every job I've had at Stockton, from being a tutor all the way up through, uh, you know, every vice presidency. I had every vice presidency, and, he, and I know you know that. But I, I loved that job. And so it was not I didn't leave because I didn't love the job I, I, I it just happened. another opportunity happened for me and and I simply would never have been there. I, I mean that, and then friends from the people like Bill, I mean Bill Gormley, who's always been there, I have a lot of external support you, you, a lot of Steve Sweeney, okay, come on, how, how could have I been successful as a president without Steve Sweeney taking an interest in what we were doing down here and things like that so it was strong political support, great boards. I mean, even the, the trustee board knew me. And, and I would never, you know, interact with a trustee, go around a president. But they, you know, my, the president allowed me access. And so you learn how to do things by observing. And, and, I, and I got those breaks. Not everyone gets those breaks.
2: I love this. And we're going to do more of it. And thank goodness we're going to have the next hour because I have so many questions, including this one. And I don't lift you up by tearing anyone else down. So I'm going to be very um, velvet touch, very uh, fair, balanced and delicate about this. But it's still I think your biggest moment of truth was when. Stockton before your presidency, right before your presidency, I'll just word it that way, was going to go vertical. And I thought it was a big mistake. And you've taken Stockton. Horizontally. And I know you know how I mean that. And to our listeners, go back into the archives of the app, or if you navigate our digital content at WPGTalkRadio.com, go look up. It's easy to find. You can search it. Look up this. You could go Google it and find it as well. Look for the story that I wrote about the moment of truth where I truly believe that Stockton University. If Dr. Kesselman had not become president, was potentially heading to ruination with an unsustainable uh, business model that just didn't make sense to me as as a layperson. uh, Everything from the the carrying costs uh, and what that would have meant going forward. uh, And you really did. And, you know, we got to tip our cap to Bart Blatstein as well. But you navigated through, I think, the biggest moment of truth in Stockton University history and just the, the way that things move so fast at the speed of life. Sometimes we forget uh, where we were and that was not all that many years ago. It was the beginning of your presidency. You couldn't have been put through more of a, a trial through ordeal. Uh, and you came out the other side, you know, a winner. And I believe Stockton was saved. If I've exaggerated the case, Dr. Kesselman, the time is yours and don't be afraid to correct me. Uh, but that's my story until I'm corrected. I'm sticking to it at 47 minutes past the hour with Dr. Harvey Kesselman.
0: I am. Hurley in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hi, it's Markley and Van Camp. Join us later today at one.
5: Now back to Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Thank
2: you. We're back 53 minutes past the hour with Dr. Harvey Kesselman, the president of Stockton University. Right before the break, I brought up and an a mutual friend of mine and Dr. Kesselman's uh, when I was trying to process, wow, what's going on here? This looks risky. What, what, what the hell's going on? And uh, my friend told me that the plan has to be horizontal and not vertical. And I got that. I would have never thought of it on my own, but I got that. And I, I've written extensively about it. So check it out in the archives to our listeners and readers uh, because there's quite a story there. But to just recast so that you can comment, Dr. Kesselman, I won't do the whole narrative from before. But you came in as president. I, I believe it was truly a tipping point. It was absolutely a moment of truth. And the whole showboat, uh, I, I have to call it debacle. Uh, and I mean, it, on the Stockton side of the ledger, it's a great property. And, and blastine's done you know a, a great job with it so that's good for him and it's great for stockton uh because i don't think that was the business that stockton university should have been in uh there's a lot of tempting things you could become a hotel school and have all that and things like that and stockton as you know has owned uh assets in in that space a uh, beautiful assets in that space but you had to get out of that didn't you
3: oh oh absolutely and and the Mark Blatstein, I mean, hugs and kisses forever will always, you know, respect and admire and actually love the guy for, for helping us there. Uh, that was, that was, our, uh, there's no question in my mind, uh, like COVID, it was a different kind of thing, but that was a tipping point for the institution. But the advantage I had going in, and I think, I think that the board knows this, is I understood Stockton. I know Stockton, and, and, and I'm not even sure I've shared this with you. There is no building taller than the highest tree on the main campus. Our original philosophy was to blend into the environment, not overshadow the environment. And by that I mean is that when we would build, we would build to... Horizontally, not vertically, not high parking garages and things like that, but horizontally on the main campus. And that was in our DNA, and we lost sight of that as an institution and went in a different direction. Uh, and the showboat was that. That was, that's over over, and a showboat as a casino or as what it is, Bart has it as is one thing, but not as a college or a university. And and it, as a result, and that's why you see I've built Carl's family, I was talking in Atlantic City. We blend into the environment. We lost sight of that. And we were the school on the environment. And when you lose sight of who you are, okay, Decisions become not so good decisions, and if, even if if, if if everything had gone well, even if everything had gone well, that there wasn't the, you know the competing covenants, et cetera, et cetera, I'm not sure it would have ever felt like Stockton, and so one you know that's one of the reasons why I did not agree. And f- that's when I threw my hat in the ring at another at another uh presidency um because i it was too far from who we are, and that was my advantage I had over anyone else. I remember the first meeting I had with the board to 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 relieve them of saying so anxiety and i I sort of Address this before. There's many different ways. I said, "Well, here's one thing, one thing we could do. So if we have it now, just knock the thing down. Okay, we don't have to. But then we don't have to have a four hundred thousand dollar a month. We'll get two or three bad articles, but we'll have several blocks of land in, in our bank that we can build on down the road. So that took a lot of like, oh, that would
2: have- that would have been a very creative tear down, wouldn't it have been? <laughs>
3: But at least it it was it wasn't it wasn 't the it was the four hundred thousand dollars a month we were draining yeah. that was yeah. the big problem that yeah. that was going nowhere um, so I, I once we lost sight that uh, uh, we 're a residential institution. We're supposed to blend in with the environment. We were blessed with 1,600 acres in Galloway. We know how to do that uh, almost better than anyone, how you keep building buildings, but they don't overshadow anything. They, they blend in. That's what you have to do. That's the understanding of that we're not here for the short run. We're here forever. So what did we do? We built from scratch, and that, we did that in Atlantic City, and we're going to do that in in, in Galloway.
2: Dr. Castleman, two-minute drill this hour, and thank goodness we have the next hour because there's so much ground that I want to cover with you, and uh, we're still not going to finish everything that I would want to do. So there'll be time for future visits. In terms of the amount of land that you have, because I do know that um, you can't build on every inch of the Galloway campus, uh, and you wouldn't anyhow, How much room does Stockton still have to grow?
3: Uh, you know that is seriously that is the question because part of that has to, has to do with the appropriation from the state. I mean, we have we have we can still build out all of Pomona Road, um, uh, uh, Pomona. You know that goes towards the Parkway where the some of the athletic fields are and things of that nature. We can build substantially there if we wanted to down the road. I've always been in discussions with Galloway Township <clears throat> if they ever wanted to move. You know their offices out of what has becoming their main street, the governmental office. Municipal offices love to have them on the campus on the other side, which I call Pomona Road. We can build around the hospital. People forget Atlanta Care and Baccarat are on our are on our land. They 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 have a great lease. I think it's a dollar a year for 99 years. It's getting close though. It's getting close to re But those two unit college uh, hospitals are on our land, so we can build around there. So we can still build, but part of it is we have to be very careful, particularly within in the area of um, online education. Um, you don't need brick-and-mortar when if, if online becomes you know a good portion of the future I don't ever think it will at Stockton we don't have that kind of faculty we have a face-to-face faculty but I think you know we Ten years ago, we may have had one percent of our courses would be some kind of online. Maybe okay. Now, even even us, which is arguably one of the most face to face of any college in New Jersey, about twenty, you know, between about twenty percent of the courses are going to be that way.
2: Dr. Kesselman, hold right there. We're going to the top of the hour break. When we come back, if you need more time on that, it is yours. I want to pivot shortly to the incredible state funding, and we'll go through the numbers. It's extraordinary. Uh, And and really, I think it's one of the first times ever that Stockton University has actually been shown respect
0: in the budget process. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ HD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground. To the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my
1: friend, Harry Hurley.
0: You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is
2: six minutes past the hour. Thanks for picking us. Thanks for waking up early in the morning and thank you for making WPG Talk Radio 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station. And we know that it's only possible all because of you. So, you know, I love my job. I talk about it. I probably mention that at least once a day and how much we appreciate you. And we always remember to remember to do that. And I always remember to mention that I think we have the fastest four hours and six minutes daily in media. But this last hour, this is why this had to be a two hour visit the, the last hour went by. I felt like it was five minutes. And I want to thank my good friend, Peter Capparelli, who is um, a tremendous educator in his own right, uh, who wrote a very kind comment saying really splendid conversation with Harvey this morning. And he says he sends his congratulations to you, Dr. Kesselman. And if you've missed the first hour, pretty please go to the podcast. It's available on demand. It will not be uploaded. Uh, to the platform until after the entire program this morning ends. But please check out what you missed. If you're just joining us now, uh, we posed the question right before the break about the financial commitment that the state has made. And just as an old school board member, I can tell you that this is pretty consistent. It it, it happens at the local level uh, as it happens uh, at, at Harvey's higher level that July 1st begins the school year. A lot of people don't understand that, but it does make sense if you've had any part in education because the school year ends in June. And, you you know, this year, many schools didn't end until the end of June. So you got to get it in before July 1st. And then the next budget year uh, starts on July 1st. So Stockton University will receive $39,409,000 in uh, state funding. This represents a whopping increase of $10,457,000 versus what Governor Murphy initially was proposing back in March of 2022. And Stockton University, just to show you year over year, will receive $6,751,000 more in state funding in this 2023 school year than in 2022, I wrote in my piece about this. Um, when when did I write this? I'll just go to it. Back on June 30th, I wrote that this is a life changing increase, which will benefit Stockton University in so many material ways. Uh, did I did I make a valid point there, Mr. President?
3: No, I, this this was I think arguably. If if I've had accomplishments at Stockton, this is this is the most significant. That, that since I've become president, we've been able to literally double the appropriation, and even more than double, quite frankly. When I took over, it was 17.3 million, and then we're at 39.4 million now, and and that's I. I I, that was my goal. Uh, the most important goal was, uh, quite frankly, to treat Stockton with respect. One, well, you know, we were we were the newest school. We've always been the least funded per student. I mean, per student from the state. Um, as we grew, the dollars never came with it, which forces us to be very creative, um, very creative financially, as well as to try to keep the cost of education down. And part of the reason for that, and I think you you know, we're in the. Um, I always say I'm in charge of the bluest ent- entity in the reddest part of the blue estate and so we didn't have the kind of we had great we've had great senators here i mean when i say great senators for stockton they've we haven't had a senator that hasn't been supportive of stockton but to get the kind of increase i had to along with my people okay we had to go all over new jersey we had to go to their offices paul sarlo who's a great senator uh i can go Sandra cunningham up in jersey city is very important senator obviously steve sweeney we would go to their offices uh, meet with them meet with their staff but make sure they came to stockton this is even before Gall- uh, ac because we couldn't build ac without that so we made friends all over new jersey and and i always say we we don't we're the stepchild college or university of every legislator in New Jersey because we were very, very intentional because I always felt Stockton was disrespected as an entity. I mean, it's that simple. That Wait a minute, okay? Just because we're in South Jersey, just because we're the newest doesn't mean we should get the least, okay? We need to get what, you know, Give us a base. Give us something to go by. Because when you think about it, and, and I don't think the, av- the, the average listener knows, all we get per student from the state in this now, even after this increase, for students directly is $3,750. It costs a heck of a lot more than that to educate a student. That's why they pay $15,000 in tuition, which is still relatively low when you think about what private schools cost. So we're running at, at, at a very you know, frugal rate, and I mean that. But, but we've been smarter. We've been smarter on energy, okay, and that's long before me being the president. We've been smarter on just how, again, how we build. We build, you know, good buildings, we take, we maintain them, so you don't have these big ticket items. That, that's another thing that's very quiet. We set aside, and that was another goal, 4% of our annual budget. To deferred maintenance, to maintenance, to making sure that that everything is up kept because it's one of it, you know you either, what was that old commercial you either pay me now or pay me later okay and so we always said let's get ahead of it and so we've always been economically sensitive very conservative ec- economically as compared to other institutions but I you know with the help of many people many people and this is both you know since I've been president it's been Christie and. Um, Murphy, obviously, the Governor, so the Republican, the Democrat, but both have been very supportive of stockton uh, and and of course the legislature and I think that is really really it shows that our area matters and I will say, and I want people to know this because everyone thinks if it wasn 't for Atlantic City, remember everything we do in Atlantic City gets you know. Not only statewide press, because I'm I'm getting, you know, just on my announcement, I'm not known in Calum, but the school is now being known throughout, you know, the country. And so so what's happening is what we do in Atlantic City matters. And so Atlantic City has helped Stockton get not only a regional reputation, but a national reputation. And as a result, we're getting more funding for that. And we're raising more philanthropic money. So between the, the... external fundraising as well as the more funds for the state you know we're in the best financial condition we have ever been in and there's not many entities that can say that after COVID and what we're going through right now now we all have to pay attention to the inflation that's happening because anything we build we got to now add seven percent more or whatever the inflation is then then let me give you an example we have everything we need to finish phase two. So we're not, we don't need to buy stuff now. We've already bought it. It's been in storage. And so it's just getting rolled out. That's why we're on time and you can see it literally every day changing because we have all the materials we need to finish that building. That was smart thinking. I've got to think, that's Chris Palladina and Joe Gingolin, the people that we got. We, we, we got the best in the business of building colleges and universities. That's another thing. Yes, we paid more than some did, uh, you know, uh, for the same size building. Although it was much more difficult to build in Atlantic City because you have to make everything hurricane-proof. We had to, you know, make it higher than we would be. But over time, these are going to be incredible investments. And as a result, you know, that's, that's some of the uh, infrastructure costs that we talk about that not a lot of people... Deal with, and you know, I, I, you don't go to president school. This is what i was going to say to learn about building and development. But 95% of your time is lobbying for dollars to do your building and de- building and construction. So it's a lot. You have to learn a lot of that on the seat of your pants because you, you you don't get trained to do that.
2: We're gonna we're gonna take a brief time out when we come back. What I want to do is cover something that I think is one of the true strengths of Stockton University, and in particular the Dr. Harvey Kesselman era. As president of Stockton University, so many examples over more than 30 years of this program where we have covered probably more than any other member of the media education issues in our region. And I would remark how there are actually entities you could go to a meeting. They, they never mention the name student. It's, it's politics. It's, it's everything except the student. I want to talk about your philosophy, which is very straightforward. Students first. And what made me think of this, because you, you have to have the bricks and mortar because you have to. But the priority always should be the students. And for folks listening, if you think that is always the case, guess again. In many cases, and I know it sounds counterintuitive, it sounds, it sounds ridiculous. But in many cases, and I've witnessed it, I actually called it out uh, at a board meeting many, many years ago. I said, I can't believe what's going on here. Nobody has mentioned, and and this was elementary, so you have adults, but I was involved uh, at the lower level as a board member, uh, younger level, not lower, younger. And I said, nobody has said the name, the word child, student, not once. And it gets lost. If things aren't being run right in an educational delivery system, I want to talk about your philosophy of students first. When we come back, we're visiting with the I can't believe it, the outgoing president. But there's a full year and we'll get into that. What's going to happen over this year? See, I'm a firm believer when you set a timeline because we don't know. We know we were born, but we don't have an expiration date. We don't know if we knew I guarantee you, we all would live our lives very differently because we think we have all this time. We don't know. But Dr. Kesselman knows he has one year and nine days in this particular role. I believe that's a very powerful position to be in because you see the finish line, you're going to want to get done as many things as you can get done. You always had a sense of urgency, but it probably, even in your case, gives you even more of a sense of urgency. And when you know, it's like anybody that's run, you never save for the kick at the end. It's going to be there. You get that adrenaline going. So now you know that you're not doing this for another three years, five years, 10 years. You're doing this for basically one more year. I want to get into that a little later in the hour, too, because I think that is important. And I think we're going to see a lot of progress In the next year, because there's going to be that energy level uh, to get as many things, positive things done as possible, because you only have now this next year to do it. We'll be back with Dr. Kesselman right after this. Here's our friend, Sean Hannity.
6: Turn up your
1: radio.
7: Here's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. You know, this is nothing more than window dressing as they drive their SUVs like Joe Biden did today and take fly their private jets that you pay for. I mean, it's unbelievable because they want to transform the country. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. If you need a barrel of oil, why import it when you have plenty of domestic reserves here when you can do it cleaner, faster, and cheaper? It doesn't make sense. But for climate cult alarmists, You know, this is the price we'll pay. If Americans feel the pain enough, then Americans will want to make the switch with them. So we're going to force the spinach right down your throat, whether you like it or not. They don't even have the technology to make the transition. You know, more pain, more benefit. That's their motto. Check out the Sean Hannity radio show later today, right here.
1: My brother-in-law died suddenly. Whether you need a
0: $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than
8: 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call Select Quote at 1-800-863-5858. That's 1-800-863-5858. Or go to SelectQuote.com 1-800-863-5858. That's 1-800-863-5858. Select Quote. We shop you save. Full details
0: on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. It's Hurley in the morning, anytime, anywhere on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank
2: you. 23 minutes past the hour. It's flying uh, as I knew it would with Dr. Harvey Kesselman, the president of Stockton University. Just a reminder, if you're just joining our program. Check out the podcast later today because this is a very rare event. We've done it a couple of times, but I'm, I think I could count it on one hand, uh, interviews that have lasted uh, more than one hour. And this is going to be a full two hours with Dr. Kesselman. So what I'm saying is go to the podcast. After we upload it, you can download it and you create your own download file. And then you can listen on demand at any time uh, and check out what you missed because I promise you, you missed a lot. In the first hour. So I talked about the Kesselman Doctrine, which is the philosophy. It's very straightforward. It's the philosophy of students first, followed by vision, followed by mission, followed by bricks and mortar Uh, for me. And it's not just because, you know, I like you and we're friends and and all of that. And to be kind, this is exactly the order of priorities and what they should be. But you know this as well as I know it, and again, I don't lift you up by tearing anyone else down. But I have seen so many bad examples. This is first on your list, the student. I don't. Even, in some cases, you don't even hear the name, the word "student," ever uttered. It's all about anything else—jobs for friends, all kinds of you know hideous things that have nothing to do with the educational delivery system. So those are beautiful words, and I do know that you live up to them comment about that
3: well I'm, I'm so happy you brought that up because it is it is my guiding principle and and, and I look at it two ways number one that was the original philosophy not students first I adjusted this a little bit it was students were equals okay equal in the voice of how the uh, college at the time of the college would grow we were part of many k- committees remember I said earlier in this about dick Bjork identifying me so so I learned under that and if And I I said to myself when I became the president that if I always followed that, that students are first, then every, I want to be able to look a parent or a parent in the eye and say, I made that decision with your, and this your child in mind. And, and, and for them to believe that. And because if you make a decision, we all talk how you make decisions, if you make a decision saying what is in the best interest of a student, then by definition you're doing what you're supposed to be doing as educators. And if you're making a student for any, a decision or for anything else with that not primary in your mind, then I don't know why you're in the business. Because we are about our, we deliver education to students. That's what we do. Okay, period. That's who we are. Now, everything else, there's a ton of other things around that, but that has to be your organizing principle. Uh, and and I, like you, am hurt, quite frankly, because I've, you know, I've given so much to education to this field, and I know you have too, when that is not the primary, when that is not the primary objective, and it should be every single person, and I've said that to to, to my staff, no matter who, whether, whomever, from the maintenance folks to the Board of Trustees, what we do is about advancing students, and, and if you do that in this business, you're doing the right thing, and you have a passion for that. I still, you, you say, what will I miss? That's what I will miss the most. When I'm walking down the hall, seeing students, interacting with students, uh, and and things of that nature. Um, and and it, that's where that's why we're here. And, and yesterday, the only time I really got emotional um, was when the student spoke, and I was really I was, and and what he had to say. And 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 that means more to me than anything, quite frankly, other than my lovely, lovely, wonderful wife, who I'm going to be, be able to finally spend some time with. Good, good,
2: good. I, w- I want to say good save good call it wasn't a save because you were right there with it so good call on that two minutes before the bottom of the hour break uh, and and this might require us to continue this point after the break and if it does it does and if it doesn't we'll move on because I have more content than, than we have time Dr. Harvey Kesselman is on the Hurley in the morning newsmaker hotline and we've been visiting for almost an hour and a half and we will continue up until the top of the hour we'll be joined by John Zarek and then much-earned wide-open forum for the final hour and six minutes of today's program. And if you missed the first half uh, of this interview, please check it out on the podcast later today uh, on the app. The, the button is right there, center cut, just hit podcasts, and you'll see her early in the morning. Click on it, and you'll see today's date. Click on that, and then you have total navigation forward and backward of the entire four hours and six minutes of today's program, the first two hours of which um, we're going to send hermetically sealed to the uh, broadcast wing of the uh, Smithsonian Institution and in its uh, Hall of Fame, uh, because I knew I knew you were going to bring it today. I'm going to tease this, and we're going to do it after the break. How important was it, President Kesselman, for Stockton University to go back to the future, to come back to Atlantic City, and you didn't just come back to Atlantic City. I mean, you came back big time. Uh, I, I think it's, um, it's almost beyond words how, how significant this is for the Stockton University brand. So we'll call it back to the future because as you outlined in the first few minutes of our interview in the early six o'clock hour about it starting at the Mayflower. And now here we are with Stockton University, multi phases, uh, and an incredibly, um, just amazing footprint on the the beach you know boardwalk beach uh of atlantic city i i just think it's extraordinary and i'd like you to talk about uh how important that is to stockton university in your estimation as president back in just a few minutes with dr kesselman i am Hurley in the morning this is wpg talk radio 95.5 south jersey's number one talk station all because of you
1: This is the Town Square New Jersey Info and Weather Network. It's
2: still me, and we're running right on time. We just hit 30 minutes past the hour. I have three stories, and there's, there's dozens, hundreds, thousands of stories, but three that you can follow right now on the app. Dr. Kesselman announces his departure date from Stockton University as president. You can read all about it. You can listen all about it here. New Jersey has fared incredibly well nationwide in a survey about job res- resignations that are happening at disturbing levels but we fared very well and a story about the atlantic city mayor and the vice president
5: from the Towns new jersey info and weather network i'm chief meteorologist dan Zarrow. today could bring our highest heat index of the week just a suffocating combination of heat and high humidity High temperature today, 97. The heat indexer feels like temperature, 100 to 105. With sun and clouds and a chance of a stray thunderstorm, partly cloudy and 74 tonight, mostly sunny and 94 tomorrow, slightly less humid. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the
0: morning, WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Sean Hannity, this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
2: Thank you. Welcome back. 36 minutes past the hour. We were talking right before the break with Stockton University President Dr. Harvey Kesselman about back to the future, Stockton uh, in Atlantic City. How important in your estimation is that, Mr. President, uh, Stockton University having such an incredible footprint in Atlantic
3: City? I, I, think it's, it's, it's our future. I um, mean, as, as much as I love Galloway, I don't think anyone questions that. As much as I love Galloway, we, we are limited by pinelands, wetlands, and everything else where we can grow. Atlantic City, not only is it not, you know, unlimited as far as I'm concerned, because we, we will continue to grow. I mean, it, we're, we're going to do everything we can, launch phase three, um, and we can talk about that in a minute, but Atlantic City gives us national and international recognition. Uh, I always used to say when I would go up north to seek funding from uh, the northern jersey legislators I would always say when you when I leave the state uh, and I look up weather forecasts for New Jersey uh, you know Patterson doesn't show up quite frankly <laughs> Atlantic City shows up That's right. all right and, so, and 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 you have to put it in that perspective sometimes because you know they always think that it's it's a drain when they had to help help the city and and, and on that note okay um, you know, we're about. We're going to really, part of what I want to do in my last year is certainly to make phase three happen. And the only way you can do that is to get funding, uh, both philanthropic money as well as state funding. And, and, and on that topic, by the way, I, I want to, and we talked a little bit about funding, but I, I have to shout out Senator Paul Stino and Assembly Persons Don Guardian and Claire Swift, because let me assure you, to break, and for those listeners who do not know, they supported the, the governor, really, it's a Democratic budget in New Jersey they supported that budget at some risk to themselves because they knew Stockton was going Stockton and others but I know is Stockton was certainly foremost in their mind that takes courage the last the last party that I know that broke rank was headed by Senator Gormley when he broke ranks um, with with the Republicans and and stayed with Florio and uh, on on gun control of some sort so I want you to know how much all of us in Stockton appreciate that. And even Senator Testa, even though he didn't vote for the budget, and I, I said this at the topping off ceremony, he he was a pit bull in the Senate Budget and Appropriations uh, Committee meeting, uh, brilliantly articulating the need to fund Stockton. So um, I appreciate that, and so do, so do all of us in Stockton. And, and, and that's critical to our future growth. For us to be able to continue to grow in Atlantic City, we're going to need both Democratic and Republican support. Support, as well as, okay, you know, people willing to write some checks to help keep us from moving forward.
2: Yeah, I think that's uh, a really good point. And when you have the ability to attend Stockton University at the Galloway campus, uh, if you're fortunate enough that you're living, because this is their home as well, what can you, I, I remember when you provided me the opportunity early on? To tour, I, I, I can never, if I ever see the word dorm or dormitories, I, I just can't, that does not compute because they're condominiums. I mean, they're beachfront condominiums. If you think about the entire educational delivery system in America, how many opportunities do students have to have beachfront property as their educational home? I mean, it's, it, it's truly special. And remarkable and almost
3: doesn't exist, does it? No, not, not, I always say we're the only institution in the world that's in the middle of the Pinelands Reserves with lakes and streams that has bayfront property, people forget the Coastal Research Center, and now oceanfront property. I mean, think about that. I mean, you talk about all the water resources, and, and it's amazing. And if you ever see the dorms, they are simply gorgeous. When we bring legislators down, okay, or other people down, people who are willing to, you know, come to events, when they see that, the the, the dorms, them away uh it absolutely blows them away dorms the residence hall they, it, i call them condos actually i teach you and uh, the parents I, I i'll get comments from parents when the students are moving in they're going to say we're sending the students home for the weekend and we're staying in we're staying in these and uh can you imagine no i can't I, can you imagine going to a, a college or university and you're, you you wake up with the ocean at right on right there on the boardwalk in Atlantic City, and it, it's amazing. But but remember, more people why I say we have to continue to grow in Atlantic City. I'd love to see a law school in Atlantic City. I'd love to see that. I actually, I always believe there should be a med school in Galloway. We have two hospitals there, but politically it went another way. It makes no sense to me. We wouldn't didn't have to build hospitals They're there. But but imagine, okay, ima- imagine if Stockton just continued to grow horizontally in Atlantic City, uh, okay, and, and on Lot 21, for example, and maybe further down. We have other properties in Atlantic City, but not not, not large properties, but if we do something down at the, um, uh, you, you know, down at the inlet section for the coastal resiliency center down in that area. So that, so that, we, which I absolutely want to at least get some kind of footprint down there. We have Atlantic Shores is renting from us now on the re, on one of the retail spaces. In fact, they just gave workshops for little kids. Okay, one of the retail spaces um, uh, in in the, in the uh, residence hall. So I think think that our future is. The dependent on atlantic city's growth i really i really believe that and um uh, and, and i always have and it, again that goes back to who we are we were founded the people who founded stockton okay they had deep roots in atlantic city okay and, and so, deep roots and, and the irony just john hansen we just gave an honorary degree people don't know this I about mean, He's always known as north jersey yet his mother and I, I said this to his kids were there. Uh his mother kids they're grown grown adults like you know, our kids, but um that ninety nine years ago when Atlantic City High School first opened, it was the 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 first one on that exact location that our Scarpa building is. Okay, and I told them that, that she went there, your grandmother, your great grandmother went there. And I said, think of how, you know, fortuitous this is that that, you know, uh, almost a century later he's getting an honorary degree uh from the a university at the same spot so i mean it, it's important to us uh on so many different fronts name recognition our brand quite frankly the stockton brand is known throughout the united states now and it's primarily as a result of us building an atlantic city that's a, how much is that worth in advertising you that, know and millions yeah, yeah.
2: It, that's huge We're at 43 minutes past the hour. We'll take our final break. Then we'll go uninterrupted until the top of the hour. When we come back, and we're visiting, if you're just joining the program, we're visiting with Stockton University President Dr. Harvey Kesselman. When we come back, I want to give you the floor to talk about what you would like to accomplish. Things that you would like to see be accomplished or at least be set towards uh, a path to accomplishment in your final year when we come back in a few minutes with Dr. Kesselman and our discussion about Stockton University. I am Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station because of you.
0: Summertime at the Jersey Shore. The glitz and glamour of Atlantic City's casinos. Jersey's best pizza on the Ocean City Boardwalk. Great rides in Wildwood. And miles and miles of bumper-to-bumper traffic. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 wants to keep you moving with expanded summertime traffic updates. Friday afternoon through your ride back Sunday evening. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. From the world's playground, this is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
2: We are back. It is 49 minutes past the hour with Dr. Harvey Kesselman. Now, this is this could go if you think about it. I know I know just the short list because I had the privilege of doing an interview to write the um, the article that I did for our digital platform. So I know the list. The list is so ambitious. And it is. We, I, I'm giving Dr. Kesselman 10 minutes to talk about what he's going to try to do in the next year. It's, it's not even fair. But go through some of your goals, some of the things that you want to get done this year.
3: Oh. Lots of things. Uh, yeah, I, I I told folks yesterday, don't believe, I, don't think I'm a lame duck. I'm still here, and you're going to have to deal with me for another year at this pace. And they started to laugh. Uh, but but the truth of the matter is is that we we sh- we have to continue moving forward. And certainly, uh, you know, priority is phase three of Atlantic City, and that, we'll never get it done. But what we can do is have decent plans laid out. I actually have, uh, my, not me, my people who are phenomenal. Don the, Hudson, my uh, senior vice president for operations, is facilities has done a really, really, working in conjunction with Chris Palladina and AC Defco, really done a great job, and Tommy Sykes, by the way, mm-hmm. great job, um, designing a concept document, which uh, a multi-use kind of facilities on uh, Phase 3, which is really Lot 21. It's that large, part we're using it as a parking lot right now, to directly across the street from the um, uh, current residence hall. It's a full empty square block that mm, could be just a crowning jewel. So I absolutely want to at least get some of the basic funding for it, if possible. Basic, not the whole ball of wax, but knowing how we're going to pursue dollars. And the second thing uh, is what what's going to be on there. So that's that's huge. I, I absolutely want to do that. Uh, the, the expansion of the athletic center, Big Blue, as, as commonly known, on the Galloway uh, campus. We really need to expand it. Having uh, students are much more into wellness kinds of activities right now, which deals with this whole mental health stuff we talked about earlier and we want to expand that and make it almost like a a wellness center as well as an athletic center uh the plans for that are pretty well laid out and we we you know we're definitely moving in that direction and that is going to be breathtaking on the galloway campus and we're finishing the multicultural center which is not a separate building but it's in renovated space that we had available when we moved uh when we opened up the health sciences center so we want to get that Things like the rowing, you know, the, the esports. You know, we, we want an esports major because we have, and people don't. Some people don't realize it. We came in second in the world, okay, on the uh, on the on esports championships, and 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 in a in a nation in a, in a worldwide tournament held in Dallas, Texas. Our students love it, and you you think that was something that you know I used to. Shut it off for my kids. I said, "Don't play this. This is going to ruin you." And, and then, oh, my son tortures me. He said, "Uh huh. I'd have been. I'd have been making. I kind of <laughs> look at all the money these kids making." And they're right, so,
7: that is so funny.
2: The words then, and then to see Stockton shining in esports. The the, the delicious dripping irony is not lost on me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Absolutely hysterical! <laughs> he, oh, he always throws it in my face, and, and, which is great, great banter. Um, I also I, so I want to I, I want to see that happen. Another thing we're going to do, um, and we this is really working with uh, Senator Gormley and many of the rowing enthusiasts. Uh, we want to we want to host we want to host be part host uh, and sponsoring. Lynn's working on this too. So, you know, the largest uh, world championship you know indoor rowing ergathon uh, in the month of February. We want to do that because we. Think think that Atlantic City would be a great draw. Yeah. Uh, and it, in February is a downtime. It would be great. We also want to host that, you know, Metropolitan uh, High School Championships where you draw the best high school players in the country. We're going to be able to announce that in the very near future in February. So I, we're, we're going to continue trying to do national. Things that give national attention to not just Stockton, but where Stockton, Atlantic City. And and why? Because of what I said earlier about the brand and everything associated with that. So I want, I want to see if we can get, as I said before, more students. We have this Live, Work, Learn program, which this summer we had working in conjunction with the casino industries, who have been phenomenal, uh, as well as uh, Atlantic Air. Students live at the Atlantic City. Many entities are having problems finding, you know, employees, as you well know. Yeah. And so we decided, you know, here gives an opportunity where our students can work at a casino. The casinos are paying for the cost of housing. The students are getting experience. We have them in a course, okay, and and for free, tuition-free, because they're living, working, and learning in Atlantic City. And it helps the casinos. It helps our students get an experiential that you know the experience and then an eventual job and it keeps our dorms our residence halls filled in the summer so it's, it's a win-win for everyone which is the way it's supposed to be and and i want our students more engaged we are that they are engaged i want them more engaged i would love to see every single student at stockton have some kind of experiential learning i think that is the future it's not just they want to see that um they you know it's they want to see the return. Parents and students are more sophisticated. This, I will say, shoppers, so to speak, than they used to be. We have the largest number of applications in the history of the university. I mean, a good year used to be five thousand applications. That's, that was a good year. I think we have close to thirteen thousand applications this year. I mean, so it's
2: and a, out of thirteen thousand, how many can get in?
3: We'll have about 1,500 new students wow. out of that and then and, and, and another maybe. 100.
2: By the way, that's what I mean by declination rate. That's amazing. Here's one that I want to have a couple of minutes to chew over. Obviously, in a perfect world, it would be great if the successful successor is named, known. Uh, I don't even know if this is on the, on the plan. Uh, even if they were there while you were still there. Of course, you're going to be president emeritus and a professor of education at Stockton University even after June 30th, 2023. But is the goal to have a transition where you actually would still be there for a period of time, or what's the um, the board of trustees' your pleasure in that regard?
3: That's very very insightful, and and it really is the person that's hired. If it's a seasoned president, someone, and this is here's one thing that that. Again, it's really important. When we've had searches in the past, okay, full, full national searches for the presidency. If you recall, I, my I, I became the president under slightly different circumstances, but I did, but I did go through a national search to become the provost, and I went through obviously a national search when I went through the University of Southern Maine. But rarely in our history, on the four previous searches, we didn't have a sitting president even apply. I almost guarantee that sitting presidents will apply. For this position because it is so attractive. So, if for example someone, let's say they hired someone that doesn't out from outside New Jersey and doesn't understand New Jersey, as, which is a very different state for higher education, just like it is for so many other things. Uh, I'm sure though that that'll be broached. If, you know, maybe you want to. Let me introduce the person to, you know, over the first six months, here to, to the, to the people that that person needs to know. because, um, which will cut down on the learning time. What we don't want is a huge learning time. Yeah. Um, do I think it'll be an external candidate? In, in all likelihood, uh, you know, uh, not that there aren't really, really competent people inside. I think we do need someone who has, someone coming in who has broad experience. I, I believe this. This is obviously the board's choice. And we spent the last, seriously, most of what we spent the last couple of days uh, are talking about those kinds of things for obvious reasons. Um, and and um, I, so I will have some role and it really will be dependent upon the new president and what the board sees as best. I, I won't disappear and there may be a need for me certainly to stay involved if we can pull some stuff together for phase three, sort of behind the scenes, working with the developers, working with the, um, the contractors, because, I, you know, that, that's important. That's important. The president needs to learn, the, if it's from the outside, needs to learn the culture of the, the institution. Remember, I didn't have to learn that, okay? And when I came, I came in the job knowing that. Okay, what I needed to learn was the external stuff that, that you, you, it was very quickly had to learn because of the showboat matter.
2: Exactly. Music is playing, which says we have to go. What a wide-ranging, and if anybody missed uh, any of it, it's two hours in length. Wait for the podcast to upload, then you can download it. It's on demand. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the two hours that we have spent together. It was wide ranging. I thought it was really listenable, and you provided great insight as to a variety of different topics. I I hope that you've enjoyed the time.
3: I really have. I loved it, and I want to thank you. Okay, for. Always being there and always, always supporting the university. I can't overstate how important that is. That local media. My my big bear just came in. My big box just Ten came seconds. in finally. Uh, and and I want to thank you for uh, that, Harry. I mean it. And this is not the last time we're speaking. No, with one another. Not at all.
2: Thank you. Uh, have a great day and congratulations on your decision. Sounds great. Thank you, my friend. Dr. Harvey Kessler. John Zarek is next.
0: WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ HD3, Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the World's Playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate
1: my friend, Harry Hurley.
0: You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Ah, yes,
2: a morning of all stars. Two hours with President Kesselman. Followed up by the John Zarek Weekly Fun Fest. John Zarek is the official and exclusive counsel, lead counsel for criminal defense legal matters for the Hurley in the Morning program. The goal and what they do, it's not a goal. They actually achieve it. They provide you and yours with the very best legal defense. It's not hypothetical. They do it. 609-641-2266 to reach John and his team. They're on the web at johnzarek.com, Z-A-R-Y-C-H, John dot com. Counselor Zarek, welcome to your program. It's been a great morning around here this morning. Let's keep it going.
9: Yeah. I I I plan on doing my part, Harry, to the extent I can. <laughs> great uh, great really answer, good Counselor. To be here today. <laughs> really, really really good to really good to be there today here today. And um You know certainly uh, the thing that's most on my mind today are um, police issues and you know we had a a long spurt of defund the police and during that time we heard very very little from the left we heard very little criticism of that Um, you know defund the police was in style you know leader after leader after leader would talk about defunding the police as if that was you know it was, it was really a uh smokescreen it was it was the anti police feeling the anti police rioting um was really the the that that was a tactic it was certainly an election tactic the the height of it was Uh, 2020 prior to the uh, uh, presidential election and it was played out over and over and over again uh defund the police um there were a host of bad charges against policemen um most of which just turned into nothing uh but they were charged arrested there were typically political charges that were brought, Um, every one of those cases was a headline case, Uh, each case caused more rioting. And it was very clear that once the election occurred, you know, once uh, uh, Joe Biden was elected president, it stopped. It stopped immediately. You know, you didn't hear defund the police anymore. You didn't hear you didn't see rioting anymore. It, it turned off just like a light switch.
2: But, John, how could they ever have believed that was a winning strategy to win elections or to win the biggest of the national elections? How could they ever have believed that?
9: Well, they they believed it and it worked. They won.
2: <laughs> they did win. But I, I, I disagree with you. I rarely disagree with you. I disagree that it was a winning strategy. It was the pandemic. It was the all vote by mail election. Uh, Americans were already largely opposed to all of that stuff. It was a very, very thin uh, minority of people that were for it, but they had power and they implemented it. I don't think it was a winning uh, strategy. Uh, now, it's, it's easy for me to say, and, and you could probably, if we were debating this um, at, a, at a true like debate society or something, you probably would win – because they did win, so it's hard to say that it didn't work. But oh, you know, we still won anyhow, in spite of it. But I think they got off at John because of two reasons: one, it is an electoral loser, and two, see, at that point in time, it was a different atmosphere. Remember, fiery but peaceful protests. I mean, there was such a blatant level of intellectual dishonesty. It was just, it was raining uh, thick with this with this dishonesty. But the second thing is over the course of time and it didn't take much time when you saw everything from the, the number of murders increasing to violent crime uh, to stores having to close because people were just ripping them off with with no penalty. Uh, Chicago's having a big dust up right now because uh, major stores have closed in these areas where they simply cannot stay open anymore because they can't afford to stay open in those areas. So they're being called all kinds of names. Oh, you stay open in this neighborhood, but you're closing in this neighborhood. But I think, John, I don't know if you agree or disagree, the time is yours, but I believe this whole philosophy of defund the police and the police are bad and all of this, I think it grew at war very, very thin on the American people. So they had to get off of it.
9: Yeah, it grew thin after the election. So it was this was look, they created a riot situation, an ongoing, uh, uh, ongoing, rampant racism allegation. Totally agree. Rioting, uh, rioting, um, the cops are out to kill black people, uh, multiple cops arrested who were who were not guilty at all. Yeah, you know, for example, the Atlanta shooting. I mean, obviously, that was plain. The the young man there was <clears throat> shooting at a police officer with a weapon, uh, and the police officer shot back, and he was killed. That case hasn't been that. That case hasn't gone anyplace. Uh, and uh, the Baltimore. You know, this is a, a while back, but yeah, the Baltimore. I think it, I think it started with a Baltimore. Six yep. The police officers who chased down Freddie Gray, and he ended up, um, he was obviously paralyzed when he was going into the van, and um, they were all found not guilty and dismissed. We covered that, I, guess, I think, a year, year and a half, and we said from day one, this is going to be an acquittal and a dismissal. It's a political prosecution. By the way, that prosecutor, as justice would have it, is under federal indictment now.
2: Ta-da! Uh, hey John let's bring one rip it right off the pages of today. Look what it took for that Manhattan DA brag. Bad name for him. He's nothing to brag about, but look what he did. He didn't charge the woman who stabbed the bodega uh employee. Did she she stabbed him 3 times. Nothing to her. Uh but the guy defending himself uh for fear of his own life, uh he gets he gets Thrown in, in, in the jail, Rikers Prison. As you know, John, uh, you know all about that. Uh, that's not a fun place to be. We've interviewed Bernie Carrick. He said on this show, he said, that is a place you never want to be. They put that guy in there with an impossible bail. Thank God a judge lowered it, and then the family was able to get him out. Look what it took. And finally, Bragg did drop all the charges. But that... That's still in some of these areas, John, and it's, it seems to be all the major Democrat cities. That's still where we are right now. There, the criminals are the good guys, and the guy that was defending himself was the one that g- was going to get charged.
9: Yeah, uh, yeah. A last word, a last word, Harry, on the uh, yeah. on the lead up, the rioting, yeah, the um, accusing police, uh, the whole atmosphere that was created I I ask yourself this and everyone should think of this situation don't you think now all elections you know they're, they're, they're roughly we're 5050 in the country mm-hmm. so what we call swing voters um, they're the le- people that make their decision at the last minute there's a battle always for swing voters you know uh, that, that to get that five or 10% to go one way or another. So ask yourself this, don't you think, or do you think that if you, if leading up to the election, that there were a substantial number of people, Democrats, Republicans, independents, who had, who maybe weren't deep enough to analyze everything going on as a political tactic, but just said to themselves, "Ah, oh, there's this rioting and there's this uh, burning and there's these cops out of control and these prosecutions. I can't take it any longer. I-, I need a change. I need a change, you know, and voted for Biden instead of Trump.
2: Yeah. John, I'm going to do something that I rarely do because I think before I speak, I'm taking back my disagreement. I I concur with you on this, and I've just been – this whole conversation, my mind has been like, hey, wait a minute. You said something that you're going to have to take back. I take it back. Um, you're right. You're right about that. They created this please-make-it-stop atmosphere that – would necessitate that you have to change to the other side in order to make it stop in other words it's going to continue if you don't make this change you are absolutely correct how do you like that a man just mans up and says i was wrong i take back my earlier objection and i agree with you john completely we'll continue after the break is that okay is that okay with you that i took it back
9: that very very good thank you sir
2: thank you that's the way you do it you get it wrong you say you got it wrong uh don hurley has a very good point too but it's it's really the zarek point uh just said in different words he wrote the defund the police operation helped create chaos and destruction to enable the deviation in voting procedures and tactics that's one area but i also believe in what john said as well don you're right i do believe you're right about that that's harder to prove but i i do believe that john is correct if you get people in a mindset where they don't feel safe coming to their own home they're wondering if they can even get into their own home is there going to be some uh barricade in front of it and someone's going to be asking you to pay to get into your own street uh this all went on kids uh and and if you know everybody saw all this mayhem and police stations that had uh, BLM names on, on the on the on the title of the building uh, and the, the police name covered up of the police station and they got people in a mindset where please make it stop and this is crazy and they they blame it on Trump Trump has created a freak show it's this we please make it just make it stop if I vote for you you will this end I And all you have to do in a 50-50 nation is convince your next-door neighbor in a couple of cities, in a couple of states, thirty-five or 40,000 votes total over three states, and Donald Trump would be serving his second term right now. That's how close it was, even though they make it look like it was some blowout. And that's how correct John Zarek is. There you go. With John, this is
0: WPG Talk Radio 95.5. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
2: Thank you for that. It's 24 minutes past the hour. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, what you did. And we we never forget you. Uh, but we thank you uh, for making WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. All right, the the very humble, the very modest uh, counselor, John Zarek, continues. Uh, and I have to say, I thoroughly loved the first segment. I just loved it. I loved the content. I loved the way you backed it up. Uh, you persuaded me in, 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 like, seconds that I was wrong. Uh, I really enjoyed it, John. Time is yours.
9: Yeah. Well, we we support the police, and we've been supporting the police for a long time against these defund the police and uh, the police are Nazis and the police are out to destroy. Uh, Look, in any any group, in any group, there are going to be people who make mistakes. There, uh, every group has, uh, you know, start with lawyers, uh, doctors, uh, radio personalities. Any group. There are groups that have um, alcohol addictions, um, drug addictions, uh, food addictions, gambling addictions, sex addictions, you name it. Uh, there are groups that there's a segment of every group in society that has problems. Um, in the distant past, I don't know about right now, there was a, there was a, uh, a regular AA meeting in the War Room in the White House, uh, because members of some prior administrations were in recovery from alcoholism. Well, they're pretty big guys. They didn't become big the moment they quit drinking, right? They were, they were national figures. Uh, there's a an AA meeting in Congress every day, um, so. Certainly, police are not exempt from uh, mental health problems or addiction problems, and some of those things can result in behavior that is less than standard for police, not what we want to see uh, that that can happen and does happen and and also there's the possibility of poor judgment you know like there are lawyers with poor judgment, there are doctors with poor judgment there are nurses with poor judgment and there are police with poor judgment um that's in my opinion that's kept to a minimum but we have a system that's designed to challenge um police decisions prosecutorial decisions judicial decisions sometimes there are judges with poor judgment Mm -hmm. uh, although that's their job (laughs) They, (laughs) they 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 make mistakes and they get corrected by the appellate division, hopefully, uh, or the Supreme Court uh, of our state or the United States Supreme Court. So the, 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 the issue is not whether um, there are police who need correction. There, there are police and there are members of every segment of society who need correction, need guidance, need support, need more training, um we we in the in the legal profession we now have a mandatory um set number of hours continuing legal education that you have to do or you can't practice law you know a lot of hours that have to be done in a formal setting um on topics and certain areas there ethics for example there's a mandatory four hour ethics requirement for attorneys that have to, it has to be completed. And the reason for that is we want people to be, We no one will ever be perfect. You know, they say only one was perfect, yep. but no one else will ever be perfect. And so, but we wanna do the very best we can to keep the legal profession, the, the police, nurses, doctors uh anyone any group needs more training more help to be better and that's what we want Uh, that's what we want for the police so to say that is not criticizing the police it's just stating the bounds of human nature and human behavior so but to have an all-out all out assault on the police for a political purpose—it was not for any purpose other than a political purpose. That purpose to defeat Donald Trump. There was no question about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we saw the people that did that should be held accountable. Should very much so be held accountable, and I believe are being held accountable.
2: And I think after uh, the first of the year will, in fact, finally be held accountable. John, we'll take the halftime break. We'll be right back. So I'm a big believer the president, former President Trump, said it uh, about 48 hours ago. All those Pulitzer Prizes should have to go back. They should be rescinded. It was all predicated upon a lie that was disproven. uh, And the news entities that covered it with such zeal fervor and inaccuracy had an obligation to correct it, and they didn't. These are standards that this is – their industry would be – like an attorney – John, correct me if I'm wrong, and then we have to go to the break. If an attorney makes a mistake, like an open court or something, I've always been told – I've never asked you this, so I'm asking it to you on the spot on the air. Doesn't the attorney have an – they have an obligation, not just a duty, but they're required – to correct the record, isn't that is that is that a fair statement?
9: Yeah, there's a difference between a mistake and an ethical lapse. I mean, if you do something ethical, ethically bad, uh, violation of the rules, you you have to self-report, and in fact, others have an obligation to report you. Now, is that done perfectly? Is it done in every single case? Um, there is some judgment that has to be exercised in those situations or i can tell you uh just judging from what i see on a regular basis we'd all be making complaints every other day right i mean no one again no one's perfect but we're talking about substantial not just a a technical violation but a substantial violation that typically that's either self-reported or it's reported by Um, sometimes the judge, sometimes other people involved in the case.
2: See, this is a great answer. And in the media, and that's your space and you're the best, and in this space, I can tell you that if it's a newspaper, whatever the, the media, you know, an opinion journalist, you can write a column and give your opinion, but news reporting, if you get a material fact wrong, you're supposed to do and you're required to do. It's in their tenants. You're required to do a correction. They've never done a correction. All this stuff that's been disproven. They've never done a correction. And they gave each they gave themselves awards for the phony work. It's really it's scary. And it's uh, it's very dangerous for the Republic. We'll be back with John Zarek, I am Hurley in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio ninety five point five South Jersey's number one talk station.
1: This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network.
2: And it's still me, Harry Hurley, at 32 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow on the app uh, or on the website, wpgtalkradio.com. Dr. Harvey Kesselman announced his retirement. We broke the story yesterday on the digital platform. You can check that out. New Jersey fared very well. I was surprised. I'm happily surprised. Fared very well in a national survey regarding few job resignations compared to other states and a whole bunch more on the app.
5: From the Townsville, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Feeling those summer vibes today? A heat advisory continues for inland areas until this evening. Sunning and clouds, chance of a stray thunderstorm, high of 97. Factor in the high humidity, the heat index, over 100 today. you got to take care of yourself out there. Partly cloudy and muggy tonight, low 74. Mostly sunny and slightly less humid tomorrow, high of 94 degrees. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning,
0: WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio
7: app. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at three. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. I was just sharing with John what I'm going to lead with uh, coming up in the next
2: hour. You're not going to want to miss it. And if you didn't know that it was true, you would think I'm making it up. That, that's how really surreal what I'm going to share with you is. We continue with Smart Law with John Zarek. Counselor, time is yours.
9: Yeah. Well, Harry, we were talking about uh, defund the police movement, uh, uh, the police are Nazi movement, the, mm-hmm. um, you know, pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. What do we want? Dead cops. When do we want them now? All this stuff that was going on, despicable stuff, uh, the riots, the uh, political prosecutions, people that were not guilty at all, police not guilty at all, charged. you what happened there was you taught police or you know the uh, the mainstream media and um, the riot supporters of the left. They taught the police. For you there is no law that applies to you the Constitution doesn't apply to you you're going to be charged if you're in the middle of something that we can make political hay from if we can rouse up the troops and cause people to riot by charging you wrongfully we're going to do it and every cop in the country knew that um, every single cop in the country every detective every state trooper every prosecutor's office detective knew that that was going to happen that they were no longer protected by the law not protected by wrong in wrongdoing situations but protected if they were doing the right thing and following the law that went out the window what's the result of that and this is what um the supporters of this type of behavior uh, the riots, the Black Lives Matter, the the defund the police. This is what the supporters created. Right now, the national uh, crime situation is out of control. And why? We have massive resignations by police across the country. Huge percentages, historical percentages of police are retiring retiring early leaving the profession true uh recruiting is down i think eighty percent There just nobody wants to be a police officer these days practically nobody comparatively speaking with old older times uh or you, just five years ago for example
2: hey john i've asked people like my twin brother don because i really didn't know what his answer would be because i know how much he loved being a police officer michael heath who you know uh i mean my list is long i don't know anyone that is retired right now that if they had to start all over again in this present climate that would ever sign up again and do the job that's dangerous for the country
9: no that's yeah that's what that's what the people who sought to have joe biden elected um that 's what they that 's what they created mm. they created a situation where they harmed the country horribly, not just a little bit not just a trend gutted the police departments of this country uh, and especially the major city police departments they can 't find people to do the job and they're losing the veteran people who many of whom maybe retired at twenty but often would have stayed on till 25 or even 30. And there are people that we need. There are people we need desperately who know what's going on. The, the number of crimes that are unsolved now are skyrocketing. And what's, I'm a criminal defense lawyer. So I, people that are charged with crimes, I represent. A, uh, a lot of them are guilty, a lot of them are not guilty. A lot of them are in the wrong place at the wrong time. It may look like guilt, but once explained, it's not guilt uh and we've we've been through cases like that from disorderly conduct to murder so and you know some of the cases we've handled in recent times where complete turnarounds if we do our job so i i uh i defend people and my job is to do the um do the right thing provide people with a defense and make sure there are going to be times when People enter guilty pleas uh, where the evidence is overwhelming, where they've confessed, where it's on videotape. Certainly uh, those cases are going to result in conviction. But my job is to make sure that things are done correctly, that everyone is entitled to their rights and gets their rights, and that, um, that if there are mistakes made, that those mistakes are challenged. And I'm telling you, in my experience, and I, I feel so good about my experience, that's what police want. That's what the prosecutors want. I like police. I like prosecutors. I know there there are people that have an attitude uh, you know mostly it's it comes from poor judgment where they're always ne- talking negative about prosecutors. They're always talking negative about police. If you're honest with yourself, you'll see that 99% of the time, the police are, they may be mistaken. You know, we're, we're human beings, and a prosecutor may be mistaken, but they want to do the right thing.
2: John, I don't want to stop you, but I must. It's 45 minutes past the hour. What a, um, what a great show you're having today. Uh, it's like Garrett Cole, you know, every five days for the New York Yankees. They put him on the mound, and he delivers. We'll be back. Yankees are playing twice today, by the way. I'm very excited about that. Day-night-time doubleheader. 45 minutes past the hour with John Zarek. I am.
0: Early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And on the WPG Talk Radio app. The first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. I just coined
2: something. Uh, John and I chatted for a few minutes. And, and in the few seconds between the last word we spoke with each other and then the fancy Fox News announcer bringing us back with his outro, or intro rather. Uh, He also does the outros. Um, I just thought of something that, that I have now effectively coined that I don't think ever existed before. Fred Nichols, the late great Fred Nichols is the author of the three Bs. Be brief, be brilliant, be gone. I've used that in at least 10 speeches that I've done over the years. I love that. I've created, because of John Zarek's appearance today and observations that I've made that I did tell him off the air, and now I'm going to tell everybody on the air, I have now, but I didn't tell John this, I have now created the three E's. So Nichols is the three B's. I'm going to get the collar for the three E's. Energy, effort, effectiveness. John, you are having an all-star appearance today. Time is yours.
9: You're very kind, Harry. Um, you know the the important thing get the job done that we get the you know that people think the right way, that they take the right action, uh and especially that they turn around this war on police yeah. in time to save the country because really, right now we're in very grave jeopardy I agree very grave jeopardy yeah. uh, you know when you can't find police we're we're at the point where New York used to be a playground for anyone who visited 24 hours a day. You know you could you could get a bus to New York if you felt like it, uh, go up to Toms River. hour and a half you're in New York City. You could go any place anytime in total safety. Right now, in the best neighborhoods, it happened on the Upper East Side the other day. Women walking down the street, maybe a, maybe a baby carriage. Um, In my mind's eye, it may have been. But just walking down the street, someone came up behind her and shot her dead. You know, no rhyme or reason. Uh, It's, it's, you know, the people that are.
2: John, is this a total degradation of society? Is it that. The, the the whole thing about how people don't even feel like they're in any danger of committing crimes because they're just going to be let go. We've seen people assault police officers and they don't even get charged. Do we know the cause and effect of this? I mean, I guess you're talking about it here today, this hour. But this is just that, that, that just people will just walk up and blow you away for no reason. You might remember, John, and I'm sure of this. So this is not like possibly I know it to be true. I know this is true. There was a woman and I want to say elderly woman, but she wasn't that old. Uh, She's on the escalator and this guy pushes her down the escalator. She kind of like caught herself halfway down and he went and pushed her all the way down, you know, after she caught herself. Broken collarbone, broken this, broken that. I mean, this is we've we've got to change this or we, in fact, and, you know, I talk about this every day. We are going to lose our country if we don't fix this.
9: Yeah. Yeah. You 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 it's it's a crisis right now. And it's a crisis because uh, we didn't sufficiently support the police. We did. You and I did. And we've been on this team for a long time. Yeah. it's a bad, bad policy for America to attack the police, to defund the police, to call the police Nazis and to use use the, the worst of all, to use attacking the police and prosecuting the police and rioting over allegedly over police behavior. It's a very bad tactic to use that as a political tactic because you're trading lives of police officers and their families. You're trading the lives of citizens who are hurt and killed in these riots. You're trading the lives of victims of crime that results from the decreased police morale and decreased number of police. You're, you're, you're offering those that sacrifice as a means to take political control and that is despicable harry yes sir. it's not just credit it's something to be criticized it's utterly despicable they they sold that bill of goods to the american people to defeat donald trump
2: yeah agreed and now john see if you agree or disagree well i won't i won't put it in agree or disagree i'll form it in a question for you to just take it And I know we're down to three minutes left in your show, which is my deep regret. Unless you want to stay around for a little while longer, we can keep we can keep chewing the fat. Um, There's something I do want to bring up, and I think you'd have a comment about it uh, at the beginning of the next hour. But anyhow, uh, did did America reject this now and do the perpetrators of this 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 heinous political strategy know now that it's a it's a net net loser and do we at least have that aspect one?
9: I think they're starting to backtrack, but you're you're talking about people that don't has a, have a grasp in reality. You know, there have been socialists and communists forever. You know, for a hundred years anyway, active in the world, always with the dream uh, that everything is going to be wonderful if we just do it their way. However their way always results in them in power right always results in them being in power correct and once they're in power the democratic process ends it's over that's why they're so desperate to pack the supreme court which means destroy the 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 three part yeah government.
2: by the way they said last week think about how despicable this is that's a good word you used a little while ago it's reprehensible i'll throw another word into it they said last week these were prominent people. They want to add four justices, but it's not like they just want to add four great legal judicial just giants. Uh, they, they have to be Democrat. I mean, they're 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 ruining every institution in our country, John.
9: Yeah, it's Venezuela all over again. Yes. That's what they want to do. I yes. Mean,
2: hey, John, know. John, the music's playing. Uh, Do you have any more time to play in the schoolyard, or do you have to go do your job now?
9: Uh, Actually, I can make arrangements in the next few minutes and stay as long as you want. All right, good, good. Then Do it.
2: And and what we're going to open up with is something that I think should disturb every single American listening to your core. It happened yesterday, other than my friend Griff Jenkins of Fox News and a handful of other people no one is even talking about it i however will and i'll get john's take on it and we'll take your calls as well i know craig wants to get in a whole bunch of people want to get in and i saw it for myself just like i saw alexandria ocasio-cortez fake like she was handcuffed she was treated so gently by the police officer that she created on purpose a false impression
0: WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ HD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. But reminder. From Harry Hurley Way in the World's Playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. How about that? Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield. It's Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. All right, I
2: promise we're going to get to your calls in just a little bit. But there is an item that I want to open with, and then I want to give John an opportunity to comment about it. So John knows what I'm bringing up because we had a couple of minutes to talk about it um, actually during his show, not even at the end of his show during the top of the hour break. I said, hey, John, this is what, here's what I'm doing after you you finish because I was minding my own business I was getting ready to break a major story about Dr. Harvey Kesselman announcing that he would be leaving as president of Stockton in one year's time. And I have the TV on in the background. I don't watch a lot of TV and especially not a lot of the the, the political type stuff because I just don't have time. and, And I do my own homework, so it's not like I show prep off them. So all of a sudden I'm writing and I hear Joe Biden say the wrong name of the governor, and I thought, wait a minute now, this guy's been the governor of Massachusetts since the president was the vice president. Charlie Baker's been the the governor of Massachusetts for seven plus years. So I'm I'm thinking, oh my God, here we go. How far is this going to go? So he says the wrong name of the governor, then. And and the media is not even covering this other than my friend Griff Jenkins on Fox News and a few other people. He said the wrong name of the governor, the wrong sex of the governor. Now, there hasn't been a female governor in Massachusetts in 20 years, and she's also a Republican, Jane Swift. So you have Charlie Baker in in sort of backwards order. Charlie Baker now. It was Deval Patrick before Charlie Baker. Mitt Romney before Deval Patrick. Mitt Romney served one term and then Jane Swift before that. So I'm thinking Biden went back 20 years or something because you can't say it's a woman when it's a guy. I'm not being a wise guy. I'm not talking about any, you know, I identify today as this or that kind of stuff. So I'm thinking this is unbelievable. Then he says he has cancer. So I said, all right, come on. Then I said there's going to be an announcement by the White House in five minutes that the president doesn't have cancer because he doesn't have cancer, thankfully. So, John, what are we to do? This is no joke. This is obviously regressing. It's an everyday occurrence now. Anytime he's not reading either the White House printed cue card, which says, sit down then you stand up, then you leave and you say Kamala Harris is smart. I mean, I can't believe what's going on. The other day he read the teleprompter and it said, repeat the line, which many should repeat, you know, what he was saying. Instead, he said, repeat the line. John, this is very, very serious at this point.
9: It is, and uh, I think, uh, I think, all the, all the networks are starting to in, indicate that this is a problem. And uh, they're asking questions about it, uh, you know, in, in press conferences and so forth. It used to be just Fox consistently did that. And, um, by the way, I think it was a very bad strategy in the first election, um, in the two, in the uh, 2020 election. It was a very bad strategy because... Um, there was so much talk about him being old and incompetent and and um, missing his lines and so forth that the bar was lowered so much that when, in the first debate, when he actually communicated fairly effectively, um, everyone just sighed and said, well, all that other stuff was nonsense. So- yeah,
2: you're right about that. He got away with it all because if your expectation is... Anything short of pooping your pants on the stage, and you got an A. He, he, I, I concur completely with that. There, there will be some things that will come out about what they do, how he goes away for three and four days, and what goes on. And somebody finally did release some of the things that they do. It's going to be there. I guess for the for those who wear blinders that pretend that that this is just like tinfoil hat wearing talk. Uh, I guess they're going to be in, you know, in, in quite shock when it all eventually comes out. But this is a big problem. And my concern is it's one thing like, you know, when you're they're doing now comparisons side by side him like Ron Burgundy, you know, who read whatever was in the teleprompter or weekend at Bernie's, you know, with the rope moving arms up and down and wearing the aviator sunglasses and all that. Ha ha ha. Very funny. But this is the leader of the free world. This is our guy, and at some point, something catastrophically bad is going to happen. John
9: yeah i think I think the best strategy for Republicans is just keep your mouth shut um, in general, uh, certainly on national media because because the the Democrats are raising this on television uh... The, the mainstream media is raising it not not the conservative media the liberal media is raising the issue and um, you know the sharks are going to start circling uh... and they are already and uh... there's there's he, he's not going to survive and then but john
2: bring bring about the midterm elections and the republicans will have subpoena power and then then it's you know katie bar the door because you're going to have all kinds of people under oath, and it's going to be the reversal of what you see happening right now.
9: Yeah, I think we should. Be, I think we should be relatively quiet about it and just let the Democrats call him out and have an ever increasing uh, level of criticism of him yeah. that makes it inevitable. It he- is,
2: John, it is a better strategy. It's hard not to comment though, because when you have serious issues going on and he doesn't know where he is or. Uh, who who he's with or shaking hands with no one, I saw it from with my own eyes. He turned to his right and he put out his hand because he saw someone there, and that 's all part I mean anybody that has ever done this type of care uh the hallucinations, and all these things this it, this is real, uh, so I agree with you politically uh they 're eating their own right now because they realize that this is going to be a disaster. And, and John, I think you'll agree with this. I'll give you a quick comment, then we'll get the first break in. Then we'll get some calls in uh, that I promised at 609-407-1450. And then a combination of John and I going back and forth with you. Uh, and we're going to have a great hour here. But I, I really do believe that after the midterm elections, when the Democrats get absolutely just swamped, they're even going to be more sharp in their criticism.
9: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I'm a chronic moocher of information and advice. You know, uh, the way to to keep getting better, the way to stay good if you're good already, is to not just cruise, but keep asking advice. So uh, and that was that started long ago when I first started the early 80s, when I started practicing here in Atlanta County. I had a a conversation. I was in the courthouse. I had a conversation with Judge Gibson, Anthony Gibson, Tony Gibson, Uh, maybe one of the best human beings on the earth. I think he's the best guy. I I just –
2: And as you know, constantly rated number one when he was a judge, number one superior court judge in the entire state.
9: Yeah, yeah. And he – so I I asked him, you know, what's the most important – Piece of advice when trying a case, and he said to me, "Never call a witness or anyone else in the courtroom a liar. That's the judge, the jury's determination to make. Never call anyone a liar. Uh, The jury resents that being taken away, and no one likes to hear that language. Um, If you're winning the case, just simply say." Uh, or you think you have an opportunity to win the case, just simply say, ladies and gentlemen, these are the facts. He said this, 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 and this. He did this, 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 and this. And the other witnesses said something op- opposite. It's your job, ladies and gentlemen, to determine. I'm not going to uh, you know, assume that it's my job to tell you what to do. I think you know what happened here, and I think you know what the right answer is and leave it to the jury. I think we're in that kind of situation nationally when it comes to Joe Biden. It's very clear to everyone that he's got a problem, Democrat and Republican, and there's an increasing, the the Democrats are increasingly pointing that out. So just like in the courtroom, we should keep our mouth shut and let the American people draw their own conclusion, and they're, they're overwhelmingly going to conclude that he's certainly has to go, and that the people that prop him up, if they do, are going to be held accountable. So I think uh, that's the best strategy.
2: They- I, I, John, we'll go to the break. I think that is good advice, especially with the uh, the trend that we see. And you see what Gavin Newsom did, which I thought was really disrespectful. Him going to the White House <clears throat> while the president was not even in the country, was in the Middle East, and then taking his coat off and putting himself in that um spot where really you see the president and there's nobody around him he's got his jacket off he's holding his jacket like he's already got the job so they're they're eating their own right now what do they say about that when your opponent is destroying himself you you get out of the way that's something that and and uh, you know i love him that's something that my former boss uh and you know him very well as well president trump sometimes Something's going really well, and he steps on it. And then that stops what would have happened, and then they get to cover him saying whatever, acerbic thing, and that's their that's been their path of getting out of tight spots by deflection. With John Zarek, we're going to go to your calls at 609-407-1450 next. It's 18 minutes past the hour. We'll be... Um, with you here until six minutes past the hour. And then, of course, check out the digital platform side of the uh, the business here at WPG Talk Radio 95.5 on the app or the website, WPGTalkRadio.com.
7: Sean Hannity. I'll use Hillary's words. At this point, what difference does it make if you get the oil out of those countries or we do it domestically? Because if we do it domestically... It's great for our national security. We're not relying on hostile regimes and enemy countries for the lifeblood of our economy. How is it okay to do it there but not here? Because none of it makes sense.
0: Sean Hannity, weekday afternoons at 3 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
5: Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio
2: 95.5. With John Zarek, so we have pilot and co-pilot this hour with you. We're going to take some of your calls at 609-407-1450. Craig, welcome to the program. Hi there.
10: Well, good morning, and good morning, John. And uh, can I play something for you? Okay. Real quick?
2: Yeah, I'm trusting you.
10: you trusting me? I'm trusting you.
6: to Delaware State but you forgot the name of your college. He didn't go to Delaware State. He graduated. He's the lowest or almost the lowest in your class. Don't ever use the word smart
11: with me. Don't
2: ever use that word. Oh give me a because you know what? All right, so Craig, I, I remember the content because he said a lot of things that aren't true. Smart is in his class and class and he was at the bottom and this and that. But why did that sound like uh, like Alvin and the chipmunks though?
10: It it's it's wonderful. It's it's actually Trump and Joe Biden as like six year olds. I got you. So, OK. OK. And it's, yeah, I it's, could hear
2: the content. It was a little, little tough to make out, but it just sounded like the chipmunks uh, with the high pitch there. But yeah, I mean, come on. He, he look, th- But this is different, though. There was an old cartoon in the 60s, Commander McBrag, and he just made up these things that just weren't true. Biden does it all the time. He did it uh, recently. I, I don't hold him as accountable to what he says now because he, he honestly doesn't know what he's saying. But back then when he was lying about, you know, when he stole that, um, I forget the, the the man's name, but the, the gentleman from the United Kingdom, he stole his life uh, and and just took it and just said it was him and it wasn't. And then, of course, he has all the things with the plagiarism and the thing that you just played with um, him maintaining that he had a high uh, finish in terms of uh, his graduating class. And it turns out that he was at or near the bottom. He did that stuff when he had full control of his faculties. What we're talking about now, though, this that 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 was terrible and it usually disqualified him from serious consideration and he never got more than like one percent of the vote any time. He ever ran for the Democratic nomination until Obama picked him to be the VP running mate. That changed his fortunes, of course. But we're, we're in a different um, in a different world now. This is incoherent. Joe Biden, who doesn't know where he is, who didn't know who the governor was, didn't know if it was a man or a woman, uh, said he had cancer. This is a whole this is a whole different situation. And it's really dangerous.
10: Well, it is dangerous, Harry, but uh, I have to tell you that, uh, you know, usually when you hear candidates talking, and, and he, like even when Donald Trump was talking, I, and he said recession. He said $7 gas. I was like, yeah, right, okay. You know, but, and then he, when he talked to, to Germany and he said about the pipeline, and, and all these things have come true. Oh, yeah. So, you know, Joe Biden wasn't so smart and Donald Trump was way ahead of his curve. And so right now, okay, even with looking at the uh, Joe Biden with 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 Germany and that Russian uh, uh what they did when they put all that those uh restrictions on Russia not to get parts and this and that, that actually is backfiring right now on the whole world for that pipeline because Russia can't get parts to keep the pipeline going and right now uh, Germany's going to have to decrease their electrical output by 15%. So people over there are looking for firewood right now. And and going back to Joe Biden, Harry, and, and John, and, and, and we, we all talk about, like, not, not, not saying how smart he is, but what that was about was electric cars. So when you look at forcing our country right now into electric cars at such a rapid pace, um, this came out at the Congress hearing, which kind of surprised me, that 17% of our electric during the summer is, is electricity, is going to air conditioning. But we need four times more than that to charge an electrical car. Harry, what do you think about that?
2: Well, oh, come on. You know what I think of it. I've spoken about this often. I lo- I, I'm, I'm a solar, you know, uh, customer myself. I am for exploring all of the alternative energy. I just know we're not ready as a country to um, to, to forego fossil fuels and the even coal and the other ways. Look what Germany's doing. Putin has shut off uh, natural gas to Germany and to Europe. Germany is firing up coal plants that they shut down for woke reasons, just like what this gang wants to do now. This this we know how this ends. That's why the American people are going to have to make A course correction because we're going to have to stop this we 18 months ago we were energy independent net oil exporter and we were good to go uh so we know how this ends craig
10: well i have to say the the pipeline isn't because russia doesn't want to sell more oil the pipeline is because they can't get the parts to maintain the i got you
2: i got you i know i know what you're saying
10: problems with that so you know the stupidity of it all is you know look at Look at our army right now. And, and it goes back to what John said earlier about our police. We're losing our, our best of the best of our military also. And if that's not frightening to the world, I mean to our country, to the, those people that think that we have safe harbor, we're losing so much. Harry and John, I, I got to tell you, it was a great show. And it was a great hour. And I enjoyed about the police.
7: Yeah, and I did, too. Our
2: police. I did, too, Craig. And thanks for the call. 609-407-1415, open phone line. John, any comment? And then we'll get some more calls in after the break.
9: Yeah, uh, we don't want Russia pumping more oil. We want them shut down. Oil means money to Russia. Uh, when President Trump left office, he had his foot on uh, Putin's throat. Uh, they were They couldn't produce oil at a price where they could make a profit. On oil they were strapped for cash they were unable to sustain any offensive any place and then we shut down our oil but once president biden got in we shut down our oil production we told the industry not only are we shutting down now we're going to keep shut down and we're going to anything you're dreaming of doing we're going to stop you from doing uh that oil is over and that allowed putin um, what happened was the, the supply dropped off. Uh, Putin started selling oil for twice the amount he had before and uh, just had tremendous amounts of money to fight to uh, have this invasion. But for but for those actions by the Biden administration to kill fossil fuels in this country, to kill oil in this country, um that war wouldn't have started. Agreed. Putin would not have had the means to do it. And uh, it was a very bad move. And we have to, you know, we have to keep the heat on. Anything we can do to prevent Biden, prevent uh, Putin from pumping oil, we should do. Everything we can do and everything to make oil and gas cheaper, we should do. And that's... Uh, that's just the way it is. I mean, we're not we're not worried about spare parts or the pipeline or anything else. We should be shutting down all those things and starving him. We're in a war right now.
2: That is true. I mean, that is true. John, we're going to be right back. We're going to get more calls in, more content. Just one open phone line. That's it. 609-407-1450 with John Zarek, I am
0: Hurley in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Play Van Camp and Robbins this afternoon at 1. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
2: And we are back 37 minutes past the hour, 609-407-1450, an open phone line visiting with John Zarek and taking your calls at 609-407-1450. Welcome, you're on the air.
6: Hey, Harry, how you doing?
2: Very well. Thank you for asking.
6: I see I see the left. They're starting to fumble now. You know, if you want to run for president, should you campaign or should you hide?
3: Well,
2: that's the whole thing in the pandemic. uh, It created a one only opportunity to pull it off the way that they did with the basement campaign. I don't believe the American people would tolerate that in any other environment. So they got away with it. It was really, um, what's the word, fortuitous? I mean, they were really very fortunate. Uh, it all just lined up. You had a pandemic, dour mood, uh, freak show atmosphere, hate the cops, all the stuff that John talked about last hour. And it was just a a big soupy mess of, you know, garbage. And And they pulled it off narrowly, but they pulled it
10: off.
6: Okay. And second suggestion now or a second example I'm gonna make. Yeah. The debates. They knew Joe Biden was not all there. Okay, they pushed him through it So now, okay, we got open borders, okay. Um we got a disgrace economy. Think about everything that's happening. Now we got Budicek telling out there, oh high gas prices are good for us because they'll make people buy S U V Well I can't afford S U V Electric. But then again, the way the entire left is falling apart. So yeah, If you think that the election was fixed, then you're a conspiracy theory and then you're a racist. But now I'm looking at everything. You know what? I, I'm a firm believer the election was fixed. Trump should have been in president again. I, the way I see the way the left is falling apart and how their game plan, unconstitutional, lawless in Washington. You know, Biden did more damage to this country than Trump did. And nobody's going to after him. I don't
2: well, care. because 90 percent of the media is Democrat and there, there has been a Biden protection program. But as John said last hour, we've talked about it as well for quite a while. That's changing now, though. There, there is a willingness to criticize him that was not there before. And that's bad news for the president, who's not taking it very well at all. He, he's used to it doesn't matter what he does. He, he gets away with it. Tom, I appreciate the call. Let me give John an opportunity to comment on this portion of the, uh, the theme of the hour. And uh, I think Tom raises some good points on the issue of I think it's a loser and I wish President Trump would stop doing it. This thing of just saying it's rigged and stuff you can't prove. I think the environment of the election created the result and it was still very, very close. Do I think some funny things happened? I do. But there's a lot of things that happened that I don't think we can prove But I focus on what Philadelphia did or rather Pennsylvania, what Georgia and the battleground states. And I gave Democrats credit years in advance, John. They were changing the voting rules. They were taking things out like signature verification. They were doing other things that would make ballots that typically would get knocked out. Count and they disproportionately were uh, favorable to Democrats. You, when you take Georgia from 7% or 5, 6, 7% declination to 0.4 or 0.5% of 1%, then you know that something's going on. And, and the changes that they made uh, in these particular, the Commonwealth and the states, not good. But I think that's more how they pulled it off with the theme that you mentioned last hour changing the voting rules. So I don't think you ever have to get into the voting machines were rigged and all these things that just get you in trouble that, you know, it's actually gotten some people sued. And I mean, you don't even hear from Sidney Powell anymore. Uh, She was as presentable as anybody that you could find. Rudy Giuliani, he got destroyed over this. It's no joke, John. You got to be careful when you take a position that you can't prove you, you better be careful about it.
9: Yeah, when you're in a contest, Harry, uh, we do it in trials. You know, you can you can be right, but being right doesn't necessarily mean you win the day. You you have to be effective. You have to be right and effective. And um, you know the 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 campaign wasn't as effective as it could have been. Uh, one thing, one thing, one detail that wasn't taken care of was the legal team.
2: Ah, oh, so true. That's what I'm talking about, Rudy, Rudy, and and Sidney Powell. They 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 were terrible. They yeah. kept saying we're going to release the kraken. And John, when you say you're going to release the kraken, that's like Chuck Schumer with the you know Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. You've unleashed the whirlwinds, you know, uh, of of Zanzibar. I mean, y- if you're going to release the kraken, people are smart out there. They're waiting for a can of whoop ass to open up. It never did
9: yeah never never happened um, but there was what what happened was there was in the initial stages of the campaign, there was a strategy, a full court press legal strategy multi state, uh, certainly in all the key states, to deal with uh, the onslaught that the Democrats were bringing to bear, yeah. to, to deal with the potential changes of the law, the, yeah. the multiple hundreds and hundreds of lawsuits. But um, when campaign managers got switched, that legal strategy was was put on the back burner, and when it was needed, it wasn't there.
2: Right, instead, so instead of having the, um, the, the skill sets on hand to go after things that you could actually have a chance of prevailing, like you could challenge signature verification. You could challenge some of these things. But when you just say the machines are rigged and we're going to prove it, holy smokes, that was a loser. I, every day I came in and said, stop it. Stop it. And then, of course, Rudy Giuliani had the, the black shoe polish, look like Grandpa Munster, falling down his face and his neck and on the, on the shirt collar. Uh, it, it was a nightmare. I mean, it just he was melting in front of our eyes. It was it was terrible. And I'm a huge Rudy fan. But they, it, that destroyed him. His whole he went from America's mayor and and really an, an enormous figure historically to they turned him into a joke or he turned himself into a joke. More of your calls and John Zarek. This is
0: early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ 3 Millville, a town square media station.
1: The economy is headed directly for a disaster. The Fed can either raise rates to lower inflation and trigger a stock and housing market crash, or it can keep rates low and potentially cause hyperinflation. That is why you must take action to protect your savings right now. Hi, this is Stephen K. Bannon, and I urge you, to diversify your retirement account out of paper assets and into physical gold. The Birch Gold Group IRA is what I recommend to all my family and friends. And today, Birch Gold is giving away a free information kit about how gold IRAs work. To get your free copy, just text the word PROTECT to 989898. It's crucial for you to get this information before an economic disaster is in full swing. Again, text PROTECT to the number 989898 to get your free Information kit on gold. There's no obligation or purchase required, so do it now. Text protect to 989898. Action, action, action. Use your agency. Take action today.
0: Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5.
2: 49 minutes past the hour, and we are here now uninterrupted until Brian Kilmeade, and he begins in about 16, 17 minutes. So more of your calls, more content from John. 609-407-1450 phone lines are open. Welcome, you're on the air. I'm Harry, and he is John. Yeah, and
11: good morning, and this is Andrea. Hey. okay hey, uh, good morning um you know it's not really it's not a joke at all my mom is in the last stages of Alzheimer's Aww. and everything has to be ev when I say everything everything has to be done first she has she has um, a 24 hour nurse but um you know that's why it's not funny but uh, I have to really believe that you know Biden's motto should be I'm here because I'm not all there and um <laughs> But what I wanted to bring up, and remember, um, even before this all started, when we remember when Obama said to him, you don't have to do this, we really have to, we've come to that conclusion that not only did um, uh, Obama know of his mental acuity deficit, of course he knew of his son um, Hunter's uh, thieving and really uh, seedy existence.
0: By the way,
2: we didn't even get into that. Fox News uh, reported last night and because we we had guests all morning, I didn't do the normal monologue that I would do at six. Uh, so I had all this show prep done that I didn't get to use. Evidently, it's very, very close to um, I don't know what this is going to look like. Uh, they've been doing this for over two years. I don't know if that's a long time or not. John would know. I guess sometimes some of these things go on for many years, uh, but it's two, three years that he's been under investigation for all kinds of things. It's it appears to be quote unquote hitting a critical stage, and that he is likely to be criminally charged. John, as our, our uh, preeminent lead counsel for criminal defense legal matters, that would be a horrible environment with the president of the United States and having a son potentially criminally charged. That would be that would be tough stuff, wouldn't it?
9: It would, and, uh, you know, the federal government, uh, and I'm talking about good prosecutors, and, and, and honestly, I only deal with what, in my opinion, are good prosecutors. I, uh, I know that once, uh, people get to DC and get to the higher levels, then politics can be very, uh, important to them. But the people that I deal with are, good solid people um they have vast resources they have lots of fbi agents they have also special agents from each individual uh agency so if you have if you have a tax fraud investigation you typically have an fbi agent on the case and you also have a criminal investigator an agent from uh the irs on the case Department of Defense, you have a defense uh, attorney uh, on the case, investigator, and you also have uh, FBI involved. So a lot of resources, and if they need an extra one or two, uh, they'll have that too. I mean, whatever it takes, they're going to do, and they take their time. So uh, while some people might be anxious for a Hunter Biden indictment, or prosecution if um if it's in the hands of good people and i trust that um it is uh then this is going to be they take their time and when they when they pull the trigger uh they pull the trigger on 15 guns in a circle all pointed at the defendant uh very very difficult they they don't bring cases typically, that they can't win. Every once in a while, a, a prosecutor will make a mistake, be overenthusiastic, uh, ignore evidence that he really doesn't want to look at but should, and um, that could result in an acquittal. But by and large, the federal government takes a lot of time, has everything lined up, and uh, is ready to spring the trap, and that trap usually doesn't come un done because they do their work
2: and and all the things you said my understanding is that their success rate and they get a lot of you know guilty pleas too but that all counts as a win i understand their success rate is in the 90 some percentile in other words if you get charged by the feds that's the last thing you ever want because they they win i don't want to say almost every time but almost every time don't they
9: uh, they do percentage wise they have uh, they're very successful. That doesn't mean that in each in any individual case, with any individual prosecutor that they're unstoppable right uh, in, in, because remember, you can ignore one thing you know the human nature is very, very powerful, even with prosecutors, with everyone. And if you want something to be there long enough, strong enough and hard enough uh all of a sudden you can think it's there when it's not
2: yeah russia collusion for example let's john let's take one last phone call then we're going to shut the phone lines down and and john and i will take you to the finish line to the brian kilmeade show welcome to early in the morning you're on the air
8: uh yeah good morning unfortunately the left has a teflon coat um i mean the clinton should have never made it into politics past the whitewater scandal i mean al sharpton should have never made it uh, to where he is past Tawana Brawley, which was a made-up situation, too, and also uh, Hunter Biden being prosecuted. Let's let's see what happens. I mean, that's always been about infiltration. I mean, right now as we speak, there are pro-life pregnancy centers being blown up, and it is really happening. It's not tenfold nonsense. It's really happening, and yeah. uh, the FBI is doing nothing about it. Well, they've been infiltrated by, well, they, they've been infiltrated by the left, that noble organization. Well, it's true, because just look at... Uh, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. I'll go no further than that. I'll tell you the truth. But uh, I think that we're dealing with a power, a hidden hand, I believe. There's a hidden hand behind all this. And it was it was mentioned in John Kennedy's speech. Now, we understand that during the Sino War, when Russia was at war with Japan in 1907, the Bolsheviks were a secret society, and they, were, and they were consolidating their power while Russia was preoccupied with fighting Japan. In 1917, they stormed the Moscow Palace, the Winter Palace in Moscow, and overthrew the czar. Now, by the time of John Kennedy, they were no longer a secret society, but his speech was about secret societies having no place in, American, in a free American society, and less than his, and before his first term was out, he was assassinated. So uh, we, we need to really understand that, that we have an opportunity for a way that people, American Revolution 2.0, or something similar to it, and we, we need to copy the left in this respect. We can't let a good crisis go to waste. Thanks.
2: He, I nicknamed him The Flash, because he comes and he goes. Uh, he's also the... Uh... Chairman of the conspiratorium, he does believe that pretty much everything is a conspiracy. I don't believe that everything is a conspiracy, but I, I often comment I'm I'm always up for a good conspiracy because there are conspiracies. Uh, but anyhow, uh, here's what I know. The American people never let it get too crazy for too long. They will always course correct. Things got out of hand 40 years of one party in control, and in 1994, uh, the American people said enough is enough, and we know what's been going on. We're going to make a change here, and now in the subsequent years since then, almost 30 years uh, since then, 28 I guess to be exact, the American people are more willing to course correct quicker Than they used to these incumbents, as you know, John, you could have been one of them. uh, They had like a 90 some percent guarantee every two years or every six years guaranteed. They would just get elected, reelected, and there was just no stopping them. That's not the way it is anymore. So uh, I think to the callers, one point, the American people are poised right now to make big change in November 8th. Everybody knows it. Uh, even those you know that are lying about it, to quote Tony Montana, I always tell the truth even when i 'm lying uh, they know they know it 's coming uh, because the the reasons John that you brought up in the eight o 'clock hour and spilled into the to the nine o 'clock hour with callers bringing up some of your good content in insofar as uh, this is not what the American people signed up for, and I also remind people. Joe Biden said, I'm not a crazy Democrat like these crazy socialists. I'm a moderate. I've always been a moderate. But, John, he hasn't governed like that. We, not only did we get the wrong guy, we got the wrong guy under false pretenses who completely misled us. He said he was going to be the moderate that you know was going to settle the country down. He was screaming yesterday like a madman, seeing things that aren't there, saying crazy stuff, not knowing who the governor is or even what gender. Uh, I could go on and on, including saying he has cancer and he doesn't. I mean, this is this is crazy. So there, there's no chance. I mean, the American people will flip the house. And I I've been honest about this from the beginning. I'm not going to change. I don't lie to make you feel good for five minutes and then people say what happened? You said it was going to be okay. The Senate is in doubt. I think John, there's some weak candidates. I think this Oz in Pennsylvania is is a clown and. Uh, he turned on the president. Very stupid thing to do, because uh, the Democrats aren't going to love him, and the Republicans are not going to like him. So that was bad. He he didn't take good advice there, and I think Herschel Walker is lacking a little bit of depth in Georgia. And there's a candidate Raphael Warnock, uh, who's completely out of the mainstream, completely unacceptable. He could wind up winning a six-year term. So I think the house. I know the house is done. It's over. It's just a matter of the margins of how big the Republicans' majority will be. The Senate, John, I, I, to me, it's it's very much in doubt. Now, if it's a wave election, which I think it's going to be, then that should take care of itself, and it should be Republicans maybe up 51-49, 52-48 if it goes perfect, something like that. Uh, but I do think the Senate, there's work to do there. What are your thoughts?
8: Yeah. Well,
9: I think the I think the key here to the election is the uh, Hispanic Hispanic vote has really just almost abandoned the Democratic Party. It's the biggest turnaround, the biggest swing. I'm talking about maybe 40-50 percentage points. Oh no,
2: John, you were absolutely right. For our listeners who don't know, it goes from what had been a very comfortable Democrat majority like in the sixty percentile range and beyond, to right now eighteen percent. John, you, you're a young man, but you 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 follow this for a long time. Uh, that's very unusual to have that type of precipitous drop like that.
9: Yeah, as as many of us said, the uh, Mexicans, uh, the other, the Central American. Uh, people, the uh, Dominicans—they're—they're they're all Republicans. They just didn't quite realize it yet, um, and now they're starting to realize it that they believe in strong families, not in—you know—not in, you know, not in um, destroying the family. They believe in strong families. They believe in strong military. they like to live in the United States. They like the protection of the United States. Uh, and I, gotta, I can tell you, um, it's good to feel the protection of the United States military. And people want that. They don't want that destroyed and the protection of the police. I can tell you, when I was over on the Ukraine-Polish border, everyone who goes there, and I have had conversation with hundreds of people uh, to work with refugees and help out, Everyone that goes there is a little bit nervous at first, because, you know, the Russians are there uh, across the line. Putin is crazy. Hmm. And you say he shouldn't attack. I mean, he shouldn't do an incursion or shelling or anything. But you're right on the border. If he does, you'd be in immediate trouble. Uh, But then you say to yourself, well, Putin is crazy. He, He does crazy things. So that's a possibility. Then... You meet uh, very quickly. You'll see 82nd Airborne troops. I, I, you know, met two lieutenants and a sergeant that I was able to talk to uh, on the border, and you realize they would vaporize any Russian that came close to the to Poland that section of Poland. They're there to protect you, and wherever they are, the Russians won't be. So. <laughs> And what happens is that nervousness, that little um, hesitance about being there disappears, Harry. And it disappears a thousand percent where they'll never, ever challenge uh, the 82nd Airboard or any other crack uh, U.S. operation. So the protection of th- that's in the core of our being, yeah. the enjoyment, although we don't always realize it, the enjoyment of the protection we get from the military and the police and john didn't
2: russia really get exposed i mean the world believed i believe that we believed it's much like people thought saddam hussein was a tough guy and 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 had something behind him and this guy was hiding in a spider hole when, when we found him uh subterranean russia i believe has been emasculated in front of the world as not having a vaunted military And I I will add to that, if we would have gotten Ukraine what they needed, it's a shame Trump wasn't in. Well, if Trump was in there, it wouldn't have happened. Putin would have never done it. But, you know, uh, uh, and I, I realize, you know, ands, ifs, or buts and all these crazy things. But if we would have gotten Ukraine what they needed, Ukrainians can defeat Russia. Russia, I think, comes out of this no matter what happens, and you know they have these maps of how much territory they've picked up. You know, to date, uh, listeners can see that pretty much like a clock; it's on a, on a, a minute-to-minute basis. But I believe they have been really injured. Their reputation has really been hurt. Do you agree? Final minute,
9: very badly, and and their troops are not enthusiastic at no, all. No, in fact, they're laying back. Uh, I. Talked to a friend who was just in the past week in uh, Kharkiv area. He was with uh, a number of Ukrainian troops and asked, are there any Russians around? And he, they said, yeah, right in that woods over there. Wow. Uh, there was a Russian company in the woods, uh, not far from where they were. You could see the woods. And he, they said, uh, aren't you worried? He said, no. They don't want to fight.
2: Some of them didn't even know why they were there. Uh, they don't want to shoot Ukrainians. You're right about that. They have no motivation. They don't even want to be there. And that that really is uh, a bad position to be in. John, I've thoroughly enjoyed our time together, uh, which has now come and gone. Have a great day, my friend.
9: You too, Harry. Thanks for the extra time. Yeah, of course.
2: Anytime. Brian Kilmeade is here. We'll see you a little bit later on the digital side of the platform, on the app, and at WPGtalkradio.com. Keep in mind, it's day four of a significant heat wave.